those changes that historians will mark the end of one era and mark the beginning of another. T-E-T-Z. The end times continue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the End Times Continue recording on this, the 3rd of February. I am Dino, and you are... I am Ace. Man! Um, I just I, I just had a hellacious time trying to find a story because URLs and subscriptions <laughs> fucking suck and JavaScript is the worst, but... Yeah. I wanted to tell you, and I didn't, I didn't say this earlier, my computer's making a fun new noise. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I don't know what it is, um, but it's fun and it's new. Um, can you describe what <laughs> the sound it's making it for is, the listeners? It's almost like a noise that it would usually make, except now it's louder. Okay, it's like is a it buzzing like a fan noise or a oh buzzing? Okay, yeah, uh, it. Is there like something caught in the fan, uh, maybe? Or like, I don't think uh, so. I'll, I'll blow. I'll blow. Okay. I'll use. A, I'll dust it out. Um, at some point, uh, but because I'm about to leave town, we're, we're recording a day early because I'm I'm gonna leave town tomorrow and I'll be on the road all day. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll try and do something about it. But this computer, I built it in like 2018. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I, just to let you know, I can't hear it. So I, I, I think you're, it's good on our, like the listener's end. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. I, okay, I, I, yeah. was, I was just I was just, I just wanted to share that this is a strange new noise that I'm hearing. OK, yeah. And I'm concerned about the health of this machine now. <laughs> you should only be concerned if it starts telling you to do illegal activity uh, and it starts referring to <laughs> <laughs> it's like an FBI agent speaking yes. through your PC. Yes, yes, buy that fertilizer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be a pretty cool thing to do. Yeah. Oh man. Oh. How have things been for you, sir? Oh, they've been going. They've been going. All what about right. you? Same. Same. I've gotta yeah. I've gotta take a trip. So I can speak with, uh, I have business meetings, I have, I have business meetings, I'm a business person now, I got businesses to do, <laughs> and people to, people to see, and business to business, um, oh god, yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a pain, but, <laughs> I, I think it'll be okay, um, yeah. there's a, uh, uh, there was uh, speaking of people who have people to see in business to business. That's a terrible segue. Um, have you seen some of the stuff going on in the LP right now? Uh, yes, I, I've I've heard about this, and uh, uh, later on we'll have some. Actually, later on in the show we're going to have some even more juicy, not LP drama, but libertarian drama. Oh yes, uh, very, very spicy. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. But no, yeah. Go um, as far as the LP goes. I've heard a bit about that. Yeah. Did you see, did you watch the Georgia thing they did? God, no. I, I, I hesitate to call it a debate. Yeah. I, I'd rather chew glass, uh, to be quite frank with you. Uh, I, Toad I, yeah. was on stage for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's 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 it is honestly i think it was funnier when there was just a naked guy that ran across the stage right because that guy wasn't running for president yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) jesus the 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 whole thing is hilarious. There's a the the field of of, of in, that the that the libertarians have put out is is pretty mid. You got um Rechtenwald who is disqualified for having been owned by um Went Drill. Um, you have yeah. <laughs> you have he himself into a corn cob. <laughs> exactly. Um, you have a guy who uh. Couldn't and refuses to answer very simple questions about. Here's the thing: there was a there's a there's a clip that was making the rounds where Clint was jumping on this dude about COVID stuff, talking about like, don't you care about where the COVID? Hornberger, right? Jacob Uh, Hornberger. Yes, it was Hornberger. That's who it was. Yes, and uh, and I forgot his name. And and so yeah, tells you how much I fucking care about these guys. Um. But he was he was shitting on him about the and the Hornburgers, you know, being kind of it wasn't a good answer he gave. He was like, "Why is it even relevant?" He's like, "I'm not a doctor, I'm not an investigator, I don't care. Why is it relevant? The point is that we should get the state out of medical care, which is true." But his he his answer wasn't good because the real answer is this. Look, I'm okay. I don't fucking know Hornburger from a hole in the ground. But here's the thing. If you want to answer that question properly, Jacob, here's the answer. We know, based on what Rand Paul found, we know that uh, the IHS was at least involved in funding the research, the gain-of-function research that was happening in that lab. We know that. We know that what happened there, I'm, I'm not saying fucking bioweapon shit, right? But something happened, okay? And then all these state governments and the federal government fucking destroyed the country over it. That's what happened. If what you're looking mm-hmm. for is a criminal sort of sort of investigation into something like this, I ask, what was the crime? Because the thing about a crime, okay, is that it has to be illegal. Right. For, yeah. Yeah. I, I can already hear a bunch of libertarians being like, oh, but that's not true. It's like, you no, know, fr- from the legal standpoint of the law as it is now, what you said is correct. Like, yes. <laughs> you want to start throwing people in cages for doing what the government was paying them to do? That doesn't make any sense. You can't. Th- there is a reason that we do not allow ex post facto laws. There's a reason that we do not, there's, there's a reason we have all these concepts, posse comitatus, all this other, there's a reason we have all this, and it's because what you can't do is take a person and say, have the government take a person and say, okay, I want you to do this for me. And then they go do that, and then the government says, hi, it was illegal, and throws them in a cage over it. That's wrong to do. I, I think, though, like, I'm going to push back a little bit on this, because I think that, um... In a, from a libertarian point of view, right? We would we would genuinely generally say now. Of course, this is compli- complicated because, like, in terms of like police officers, we would generally say police officers are doing their jobs, right? Of course, but but they still, in a libertarian sense, they would still owe restitution to their victims, despite yeah. the fact that um, 
uh, sure. they're doing they're following what the government told them to i do, don't disagree right? with you and if it's found that there was negligence involved in what happened there and what happened with regard to the the virus and stuff which i'm sure there was if 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 there was like a negligence action and and people were held responsible in that way that would be fine but if if what we're trying to do is investigate the idea of just like well they were doing this research and that's bad and they should be oh yeah yeah imprisoned because of it it's like yeah no, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree. That's that's insane. Like just the idea that there's some type of gain of function research and that and we're going to make that a crime retroactively. And the uh, fact yeah, that that's... IHS was involved, it was obviously sanctioned. So like you can investigate all you want and try and figure out if that is strictly true. Right. Everyone suspects it's the case. And, 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 it, right. and it makes sense that it would be the case. But there's no hard proof for it. If you want to do an investigation, and try and find that hard proof. Fine. Have at it. But what do you expect to come out of it? Right. Yeah. It's, it's not, it, it seems more, and look, I, I don't, I'm not going to deny people their, you know, their um, righteous indignation, right? Like if, pe- if people have a right to be mad over, yes, be mad about it. Everybody um, should. Yeah. Uh, but you can also take an objective view that it's like not much in reality, not much is going to happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, especially uh, if it was even, sanctioned. I mean, right. Exactly. And, and finding it like, look, I, I I agree Hornberger probably didn't have the best response, but I, I do agree in the spirit of what he was saying by, by saying that, look, it, like this thing was wrong, but uh, finding out where it came from is not the most important part. At least that's my interpretation of what he said. Maybe he yes. said something much worse, but th- that that's what, sort of what I took that from it. That was basically um, what he said, is, and he was kind of wishy-washy more... on it and stuff, but that's basically it. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, uh, uh, you know, the people who are like you, this, the government ruined people's lives and this should not be forgotten about. Uh, and, you know, they deserve to pay in a literal sense um, of that word uh, uh, for what happened. Yeah. And that's that's completely correct. <laughs> um, but I think finding out like where it came from to me is a, is a libertarian is less interesting so second than like yeah yeah uh, like, like it, you know it's one of those things like you know you can think about it's like hmm, where did this come from right i uh, wondering if there were more like maybe nefarious forces involved during its creation as opposed to its uh implement uh, well, it, the, the policy implementation i should say sure. um you know th- th- those questions can always exist uh, but I think as a libertarian, I think the the more important part is uh, what is, what do you think should happen to the people who locked everyone down, right? That to me is like it's like if you think that the government lockdowns were just a okay, then I think that disqualifies you as a libertarian, quite frankly. Sure. Uh, well, um, that was one of the things that, at least in the way that I read Hornberger's answer, that was part of it was just like getting the government out of decisions like that. Like, like getting the yeah. getting the government away from all of that shit from the from the medical establishment mm-hmm. from all of it like that to me is is a fine answer. But I think Hornberger would have been better off just saying for what to what end? Mm-hmm. To what end yeah. are you telling me that I have to be all for investigating this shit to what end? Look, right. Best case scenario. Best we, case we scenario. Already see- <laughs> Yeah, we talked about this off the show, but it's not, you know, we can talk about like how how this was created or where it came from all day. But 
you know, the point is, there's an elephant in the room that we all were able to see in clear view, the government absolutely stomping on people's rights. Yes. All over the place. So, I, as you said, I think this is a more secondary concern to the fact that, hey, uh, we already have evidence of the government just absolutely uh, treating people like animals. Yeah, uh, so I, I think I think that is probably the primary focus, and I, I truthfully I'm less concerned where it came from because whether it was like maliciously created in a lab or whether uh, you know it's more closer to the official narrative, whatever, whichever one of those things, or maybe it was created in a lab but it wasn't nefarious. It's another third option, uh, you know, all these things. Um, you know, the point is that it it whichever whatever origin was the the one. Um, it doesn't take away from the fact that uh, the government is going to use this in order to increase their power anyway, no matter what the origin was. The origin could have been completely benign, uh, and the right. government would still use this to their advantage. Well, this is and part that's, of the, to me, is the, is the libertarian, where the libertarian pressure point should be. It's I agree like with saying you. the government is going to use it, It's the ratchet effect, you know, uh, Robert Higgs. Uh, it's like the government is always going to use any type of uh, scenario, any type of, like, um, uh, you know, generalized anxiety, any fear that it can it can muster up from any sort of event in order to increase its power and uh, stomp the boot on people's necks even harder. That's just what it does. Um, and you know, I, I, that's not me being dismissive. I'm just trying to give a description of what the government does and like how it functions. And I think for a libertarian, that's the primary point. I agree with you. That I I, I think that's absolutely the case. And the the thing that that bothers me about it. And, and again, there's, there's all this kind of, people want it looked into on all levels. They want it looked into like, why were they putting people on ventilators? Well, ventilators were killing people. Why were they putting people on ventilators at all? Because they couldn't breathe. Right. Like, like that's why. And yes, it was a bad idea. Yeah. It blew up people's lungs and a lot of people died because they were throwing everybody on a ventilator first thing. Yes. But that's what you do when somebody can't breathe. And so this, that doesn't have to be nefarious. Right. That doesn't mean there's a, yeah, just, Exactly. It's like just because, and again, I, I, I hope we're not going to get people being like, "Oh my God, I can't believe they're defending the COVID regime." You just please stop. Uh, the if if someone cannot breathe and you put them on a ventilator, there's a chance that the ventilator itself could hurt them. Yes, that's true. That's unfortunate. But if they can't breathe, they need the ventilator. Right. You know? So well, in the case of COVID, uh, yeah. we know that it hurt them. Like in the case of COVID, all yeah. those people that they threw on ventilators and they were upping the pressure, uh, uh, every like as their as their oxygen was as their O2 levels were dropping. They were upping the pressure on the ventilator and they, they, blew, they killed people. They blew people up on those ventilators. That's, 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 that's a known Ooh, yes. thing. What bothers me about yes. that isn't the fact that they made that mistake. Cause that's an easy mistake to make. What bothers me mm. about it is the fact that they fucking lied about that. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's what bothers me. It bothers me that they lied about masks. It bothers me that mm-hmm. they lied about it, it bothers me that they lied about the origin of the goddamn thing. That's what bothers me. Yeah. But when you when yeah. it comes down to it, what was the thing somebody did you can throw them in a cage for? What was it? Mm-hmm. I I really don't think there's anything there. If you if the problem is that there's a there, we have a legal regime that allows people to kill people's businesses, shut down the economy, to to make people stay in their homes. If your problem is that we have a legal regime that allows that, I agree with you. But that doesn't make it criminal in the sense that we can throw them in a cage for it. it it's it's just not the mm-hmm. way it works. And it's not going to happen. This is the thing: is you have it's a liber, it's the Libertarian Party. It's the party. This is a political organization. 
with political yes. aims. Right. These aren't anarchists. Fundamentally, right. it's not allowed to be. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a political party. <laughs> and so you can't upend a, a what, what, what would be a libertarian legal order um, in, a, in, the, in the condition of a state, right? You can't upend those principles just because you want to throw somebody in a cage because they did some research you don't like or didn't know that ventilators yeah. were bad for people. Like, right. yeah. you can't do it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just it's it's it would be wrong to do so. Yeah. So I just I, I don't I, I thought that whole thing was a fucking tempest in a teapot. And yeah, Hornberger's answer sucked. But Jesus Christ, come off it. it, it, it what yeah. matters is what matters. I mean, I it, it just it bugged me. Yeah, it's it's like, uh, look, uh, some people uh, will be like, uh there's some people who I, I just I, I can't believe they have this mindset who will just be like, oh, yeah, COVID, just get over it. Like what the government did, just get over it, that type of thing. And it's like, do you understand, like, that the government, like, just destroyed people? Like, do you know how many yes. and not just in not just not just like property rights violations, but just standard of living violations, you know, that type of thing where like their standard of living got dramatically reduced. Right. And that's oh, not yeah. me speaking as a libertarian, just a human being for a second. Right. Is that uh, that's also to me atrocious. Impeding um, people's and, ability to make a living, telling you you have to shut down your business. Fucking what? Yeah. Um, so you you have all these things that uh, you know. Th- th- of course, you know all the people who are very pro lockdown just want to sweep under the rug. Of course they do, right? They don't want to be called and uh, called to account for like what their advocacy or the consequences of it. Um, oh, and then there's uh, the vaccine thing too. That's another aspect of this that people were like, "Hey, shouldn't there be an investigation? A vaccine thing? All the vaccine stuff? All the vaccines? The vaccines are bad. The vaccines?" And it's like, uh, okay, so yes, sure, sure investigate all of that yeah but the fda cleared them the fda said fucking go for it and yeah it's a corrupt organization and this is the the pharmaceutical business is corrupt from top to fucking bottom and the fda's in on it and so is the president and so is all these people who are involved yes it's corrupt from top to bottom but they were given the green light and they've been given by the way and we can't, lest we forget, these vaccine manufacturers have been given immunity by the government. You can't sue yes. them. Right. So what the fuck do you think is going to happen? Right. At least give me policy proposals like that. You want to end like the qualified immunity of the pharmaceutical yes, industry. Get rid of pharmaceutical. <laughs> yes. Get rid of vaccine immunity. Hundred percent, or rather, yeah. vaccine immunity for vaccine manufacturers from lawsuits. <laughs> vaccine immunity yeah. can mean a lot of things, but <laughs> well, I, I like how we're saying the good stance. Bring back polio. Yes, That's exactly. awesome. <laughs> Make polio great again. <laughs> yeah, get get rid of their legal immunity. Yeah. Pre- present that, yeah. but don't mm-hmm. don't start acting like yeah, we're gonna throw the pharma companies in a cage. How? The FDA. Yeah, at least them. at least show me show me the policy proposal first, you know, right. and then yeah, yeah. Yes, it's corrupt. Everyone knows it's corrupt. You don't need an investigation to know that, right? Yeah, and you don't need to Hornberger. You don't need to be an investigator to know that, right? Or a doctor. 
or anything else. This is ugh, God. It's just so performative. It was, it was yeah. performative I mean, it's on both ends. by the very fact that there is uh, legal immunity in this sector when there right. shouldn't be. That's the corruption. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you know? at, at, at very bottom, that's that. That is the most corrupt part of it. All the FDA stuff yeah. comes later, but at the very bottom, the fact that you cannot sue them for for harming you is is uh, is uh well it's just like with the cops yeah yeah it's the same thing but god man it drove me nuts i'm, I'm just sitting here i'm just like this is so fucking ugh. i think it was was it was it necro who tweeted uh clint derailing a presidential debate to ask if the vaccine was black or chinese or the virus was oh my black god or chinese <laughs> God, that's funny. Um, <laughs> I can't remember who tweeted. I think it was Necro. Um, but yeah, that was ridiculous. And then, okay, so now there's a bunch of people saying that you know they're they're not happy with with Rechtenwald. They're not happy with anybody's performance in Georgia, and so they're like, you know what? We just need to bring in RFK. RFK needs to be the libertarian nominee. You know, the guy who thinks what's happening in Gaza is a-okay? That guy. You know, I I, I want to, and I, again, I, considering, like, I, I want people to remember, like, what I was saying in the first, like, the beginning of the show, is like, what I'm saying now, it might, like, piss some people off, because, like, I believe that they want RFK specifically because he goes really hard uh, against, like, uh, the um, government lockdowns and, and the, the vaccines and the mandates, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. That's why. And I can understand you want someone who, let's say, is more aggressive about that. But please, I, I'm begging you, do not make a fool of yourself uh, by lumping yourself in with the first person who tells you sweet things in your ear. Yes. Please have more self-respect and caution to do this, uh, especially as a libertarian, you know? Like, there's just something, there's something incredibly embarrassing to me about people who are supposed to be very distrustful of authority, and then the first authority figure that whispers sweet nothing in their ears in the terms of what they want to hear, like red meat they just immediately throw themselves at this person. And it's very gross to me. Um, it's like, uh, you know, just ignoring all of the unlibertarian things RFK uh, has said or proposes in his uh, policies. Uh, it's it's just really embarrassing. Just it, it, if you get on the RFK bandwagon, just yes. truthfully, like it's super embarrassing. Like I can like if you were the type of person where you were like you were very hopeful for him as a Democrat, like in the Democratic Party, because he would be better than other Democrats, at least relatively speaking on most things. It's like okay, I can understand that yeah. level of support. From an right? outside that, perspective, that, it's just like it's man, like, I wish the Democrats would throw their weight behind him. Right, it's like the same thing with the, the people wanted, like thought, well, you know, tr- I like Trump in the Republican Party. Right. It's like, uh, but I don't want Trump or RFK in the Libertarian Party. <laughs> I don't want that. Uh, that they're that not representative just, of it. No, no, they're not. Is it RFK, yeah. dude, and, RFK is out here talking about how great Isra- what Israel's doing in Gaza is, and he's out oh, here yeah. saying, he's talking about gun control earlier on. Like, this is yeah. a guy who is not, not only is he not a Libertarian, He's exactly no, the kind of politician everybody hates. 
Right. Yeah. He's not even close to a libertarian. Like, that's the thing. Like, people, I think libertarians are so desperate. They, they're in such a desperate frame of mind that they will accept anyone who is not a normal Democrat or Republican oh, yeah. and just throw themselves at this person. And that, to me, is what is embarrassing. Like, uh, just have have more self-respect uh, for, your, for the philosophy that you claim to espouse, yeah. that you claim to be a part of. You know, just, just calm down a little bit. Uh, it, it, it's, it's just, it's super embarrassing to me. And um, I, I really genuinely wish that... Uh, if if you're truly in on Trump or RFK, just be a Republican or Democrat, and just like, but but just be for that candidate. Yeah, just do you know, that. just drop the libertarian stuff, yeah. and just you know, yeah, yeah, get out of the way, go do your thing. Yeah. Um, and look, people call libertarians uh, dogmatic, uh, but I don't think that's a negative because uh, I, I think if to be a libertarian, uh, some people take libertarianism to mean an assortment of beliefs that tend toward individualism. And that's not libertarianism to me, even though it might the, those those positions might overlap greatly with libertarianism. Uh, it, it's not libertarianism it's just because there's a massive overlap with people who hold that, those views, right? right? And I think that's important to, to preface because you, um, libertarianism is not just it's not like you know re- being a Republican or Democrat, where a lot of that is just vibes, you know. Um, there is it's an underlying philosophical derived. requirement for libertarianism. Like yes, and it's it's derived from a single principle that we deduce all the way down. Yes, and that's how we come with uh, come up with our policy policy positions, and that's what gives you know us the uh, you know ability to differentiate between this person being a libertarian and not being a libertarian. Is is do they correctly deduce the principle from first principles? Yes or no. I mean, you see these kinds of arguments with regard, like you see this from conservatives a lot. I saw that recently when the calendar thing was going on. You saw conservatives saying, well, man, this person's not conservative if they're going to take part in that kind of thing. And this person's not conservative if they're going to do this or that. But it's like, well, what does that mean to you, though? Because what like, like, do you mean Christian? Do you mean um, has a certain set of weird traditionalist values or or but not particular ones? Right. Because you're not the trad across the board so like what's the what's the deal like what does it mean to be a conservative there's no underlying philosophical truth that they refer to to define it libertarianism has that libertarianism has an underlying philosophical truth that it judges its own that, that it judges people based on their connection and belief in that underlying truth yeah I've I've been on record in the past. I don't know if I've talked about this much on the show. I think I did a little bit a long time ago. But I'm of the belief that there's no such thing as an objective definition. So if someone does call themselves a libertarian, it's entirely possible that they just mean something completely different. But that's yes. okay. You, Pete, you can share the same word. And while it's confusing, it must be understood that their libertarianism and the libertarianism I'm referring to in sort of a Rothbardian sense... Uh, is not the same thing. Well, it's like right? it's like Even right and left anarchism, word. where it's just like we we right. use the same word as the ancoms, but it's right. we're not talking it's, about yeah. the same thing at all. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, I like I'm not saying that you know 
I, I'm not saying that libertarianism has an objective definition and Republicans and Democrats don't. That's not what I'm saying. But I, I, I think that if you, if, if you adopt the libertarianism that you and I are talking about, the listeners like understand libertarianism as you and I understand it, then there is for sure a distinction between that and like people who consider themselves conservatives or Democrats, right? Right. There's a, there's a massive like just, philosophical difference between how we arrive at our conclusions and how a Republican or Democrat does. Mm -hmm. A completely different methodology. Um, As you were saying with the calendar thing, right? It's like, well, you know, a lot of these people um, who talk about, like, how great they want to go back to the 1950s had pinup models on calendars, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, so so they're meaning something, they're obviously referring to something much different than uh, other conservatives. So that's why, and to be, to be quite honest, I don't think it's ever um, um, fruitful to argue against someone using a, a word uh, that you're using in a different way. The only re- the only way to really communicate with them is just to try to understand how they're using the word and integrate that into your model uh, sure. to find out how to communicate. With well, them. it's just like, like it's just, you're I speaking mean, a, a different language as if you're speaking a literal different language. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like, uh, okay. So you don't mean like libertarian. You mean libertarian, like, like a, like a vibe. Right, yeah, right. You mean libertarian yes. a vibe, not libertarian, a, ph- a philosophical, Philosoph- a founded philosophical sort of position. Yeah. 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 Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And look, there can be like, there's some, like, I don't think liberty, I think libertarianism does have a set identity, at least in what I'm talking about, but there can even be people who I would consider libertarians that I disagree with on certain issues where they deduce something in a different way than I deduce it. Well, this but is I one of the arguments that libertarians have about abortion, for example. You can, you can, right. you can theoretically, and I say this without actually saying my position on it, because I, I think right. I've done a pretty good job actually keeping that to myself. But um, mm-hmm. I've had legal opinions about it, but I, I don't think I've ever actually said what my personal position on abortion is. Um, because I, I, because I like the argument, I like the argument that libertarianism has about it, where you can deduce both really from libertarian first principles. You can come to a, you can come to both conclusions Uh, in a way that is, in a way that is maybe you don't agree with, but is, uh, reasonable. Right. And I, I, am not, I'm only going to say one thing on the abortion issue because I do not want us to like spiral this episode into that. But, uh, I think the reason why you can do that is because it all comes down to whether you believe that... Uh, well, there, there's multiple things. Actually, there's multiple layers to this, but I'm not going to get into those now. But at least the first step in determining uh, like where you land on this is if the if you believe the fetus has rights or not, right? If no, yes. then, yeah, the libertarian case for abortion is very simple. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's right. very easy once if you, like, uh, start with that premise. Um, uh, but, but yeah, so that is why that's just one of the trickier issues. That's not to say it doesn't have an, I think a libertarian answer, but I, I, but I, my point is that you can't deduce the libertarian answer unless you deduce the nature of, uh, a different question, yeah. which is the, the rights, the, yes. the court, you have to, whether you have to find, to make it not. fit the framework, you have to start defining terms. And and, right. and and defining who rights holders are and all this other stuff, right? But yes. and and right. I do think yeah. that reasonable minds differ on that. I know I know there are people yes. who are like, well, nobody who believes uh, in in X thing about abortion has a reasonable position. But it's like I I, I disagree. And I think reasonable I, people can I, reason their way to different conclusions. Right. I do want to be a little nuanced here as well on this because I, I do think that even uh, there's still 
it's it's not entirely solved just by saying that the um, the fetus has rights. It's the, there's still more to the issue than that. Yeah, uh, but I'm, again, is. I'm not going to get into. I'm not going to get into. Yeah, it's, well, it's incredibly but yeah, complex, it's just, but people do follow yes. those trains down and, and reach both conclusions from libertarian first principles. But I think is very interesting. It's one of the only issues you can do that on, because libertarian first principles generally result in well a particularized answer. It is. I think. It, I think that is more to do with just uh, people have generally settled uh, on on the same definitions. Right. Like for right, example, yeah. if I said it's wrong to, for example, let me. Uh, if I said it's wrong to aggress against people, but I said, uh, but then I said, I don't think anyone under six foot is a person. <laughs> yeah, that becomes well, an yes. That's when it know, becomes an issue, right? You know, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, um, so it's know, sort of the yeah. same argument as like whether whether a politician's life is forfeit. Have you is is right. a politician an aggressor such that you can reasonably? I'm not saying anyone should do this. It's a philosophical discussion. Right. Such that you it's can reasonably kill a politician. Yes. Such that you could reasonably kill a politician in self defense. Like that's that's mm-hmm. an interesting question that people come down on different yeah. sides of. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, um. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, oh, oh no, no. Sorry. If you, you're, if you're going to say something, say it. I, no, I was no, gonna, no. I was going to move on. If you have more to say, say it. Oh, me too. No, me too. I was going to. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to branch okay. off. Uh, yeah. But yeah, in terms of like, you know, uh, the LP thing, did you want to talk? Uh, I, I think you wanted to, I don't know if this is what you were about to talk about, but uh, I, there was some like, uh, um, I guess, uh, like people poo-pooing like chase oliver i guess uh, in <laughs> funny choice of words <laughs> because their biggest concern about him is the fact that he might have shit on his dick that's oh my God, <laughs> i didn't even think i wasn't even thinking that when <laughs> yeah wonderful phrasing you chose <laughs> it's just like the joker in dark night very poor choice of words yes exactly um yeah. Yeah, so people are are super mad. Look, Chase Oliver's a guy. He's kind of a lefty dude, lefty in the sense that he's I, not a. I think uh, he's fine. Like I think he's like, fine. I, yeah. You know, he, yeah. Uh, that's just my opinion on. Like he's he's a minarchist, from what I understand. You know, that's unfortunate. But so are all of them. Uh, so, I mean, uh, it's I mean, like, lefty yeah, in the. Fine. I should say liberal because he's kind of liberal in the sense that I'm conservative, which is like, yeah. In my personal mm-hmm. life, I'm very, I'm a pretty conservative guy. Like that's how I behave. That's how I live. Um. I think he's I think he's very, you know, quote unquote liberal in the same way, but he's also a he's he's a social liberal, like a libertarian ought to be. Yeah. Um and well, people I, call him a prog and stuff. I don't know if a libertarian ought to be, but I, I think it's perfectly fine for them to be. You know, I, I mean I think you could be a social conservative and a libertarian. Well um, no, I mean as a, from a policy perspective. Like not necessarily. Oh, oh from sorry, a, okay. Yeah, not not I'm personal. Sorry. Okay. Policy, okay, 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 yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I think you're right. I, I think you can be personally very liberal or very conservative and still be a libertarian. But the, yeah. the I'm talking from from a policy perspective. You pretty much have to be I socially okay. liberal to be a libertarian. Yes. Um, yes. But yeah, so he's he's that kind of guy, and he has some. He's got you know takes, and he's he talks about periodically not not all the time. I think people overblow it a little bit, but he talks about the fact that he's gay and stuff. It's also the only thing that differentiates him from the only from the other candidates, right. outside of the fact that he wasn't owned by Drill, which. I mean, I guess he could right. say, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he has a, a leg up there. <laughs> um, but but even then, like, people's primary concern with him is not the idea that, like, well, look, I don't want to vote for a socially liberal guy because I think it has 
I think we need a a a, a conservative uh, message from a position of of like you can do what you want, but these are bad ideas. These things are bad ideas. They don't go into that, like which which is an argument, by the way, that I would I, I might even be able to get behind. But the 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 argument that they make is um, he he fucks men. Uh, yeah, like the type of argument I've seen, and I it's you know I use the word loosely. Yeah. Um, is that uh, you know uh, because he's more socially liberal, and not just in policy wise, but like in an uh, you know in like well a social sense. Yeah, yeah, um, and his personal life. He's a liberal. He's a very liberal guy. Yeah. Uh, some some would describe him as a libertine. I quibble on those definitions, but I think some could fairly describe I, him as such. I don't know. I, I think a liber. I take libertine to me. I don't know. I, I mean, again, this just maybe a difference in definition. I don't yeah, quibble with it. I think it but, is uh, a difference in definitions because I, I also think, don't I think like there's it. A vast, <laughs> I think there's a vast difference between social liberalism and libertinism. Yeah, I um, agree with you. I agree I, with you. I think social liberalism is just an outlook, particularly on yes. how to how you should treat or relate to other people outside of legal norms. Let's say yes. maybe it, it does entail legal norms in an overlapping sense, but also in a more of just a personal well, way. From how the you policy should perspective, it would have le- it would include legal norms and things like that. Yeah, like, it, yeah. to me, social liberalism doesn't tell you how to live your life. Uh, necessarily on a personal level libertinism more strikes me more as and i'm not saying this even i'm not saying this in a derogatory way i'm just being descriptive in a hedonist sense uh hedonism is that libertinism i see as being distinct from hedonism as well and so there's the yeah i do i think they're different things i think hedonism okay i think libertinism involves um i think there is a philosophy of transgression to hedonism that doesn't exist in libertinism. I think, oh, okay, yes, that's fair. There might be an overlap, like eighty percent overlap, or something like right, that. But it's right. not the same. Okay, I yeah. think I think a, I think a hedonist is a person who is doing things that are uh, not even necessarily socially unacceptable, but but from my perspective, actively bad for themselves in order to transgress. I think that I think the transgression is the point, not so much the act. Whereas for a libertine, I think the act is more what they're after so a, a libertine might say yeah i use drugs but i don't use fucking heroin that shit will fuck you up whereas a hedonist might say well no i'm gonna do all the drugs because fuck people who tell me not to you know what i mean um i see that okay, as I, the distinction between the two yeah I, that that's right i think the but i think the way most people use libertine they use it to mean hedonism the way you describe yes. hedonism. do you know what i mean they use it to describe like, the, the sort of philosophy uh, yeah. of transgression. Yes, I, I'm not. I, I'm not quibbling with like your definition. I'm just saying that I think that how most people use hedonism when they're attacking like these socially liberal libertarians, they mean hedonism. And to yes. be, to, from what I know of Chase Oliver, I wouldn't describe him as a hedonist. Uh, I don't no, know. I mean, no, maybe that's he is. Saying. Not, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Is like I don't think he has a philosophy of transgression. I think he likes to have fun right. in the way he likes to have fun. And there's not really a. Uh, there's not. It's not like he's trying to tear down the fabric of society. He's a gay dude. He likes to have fun. Who cares? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, really. Like, no, uh, I, I like, look, look, I've been clear that and I've said this uh, many times in the past. Libertarianism is agnostic to conservatism or liberalism in a social sense. Yes. Libertarians are not. 
right? Yes. Libertarians can be socially liberal or socially conservative. Libertarianism is completely agnostic about these, though. Yes. Um, All libertarianism just, tells you is where you're allowed to use violence. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And look, you know, if you want to accuse me of bias, I think that's perfectly fair. But these sure. type of people who are like giving this like, oh, you know, we can't run this gay dude because he's going to destroy, you know, the social fabric of society. Just please kick rocks. Like, just stub your toes There's as hard no as possible. There's no argument for that. The, the, other, the, the thing is, too, like, I can't quit hearing about the fact that he probably has butt sex. And the people I'm hearing it from <laughs> are not him. It's not gay people I'm hearing right. it from. It's these guys who yeah, are making like, this argument about how about bad he is. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard That's more about kind of sodomy suspicious. from people who are shitting all over Chase Oliver than I have from Chase fucking Oliver. Right. God, it's annoying. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's extremely annoying. And, and you know, we've talked about this in the past, but I think one of the negative side effects of like sort of like this uh sort of like libertarian takeover that we've seen in the past from like the old guard who were who the, so the old guard uh were like very socially liberal but they it, this, the reason they were bad was not because they were socially liberal no uh, in my opinion uh no, that they was were not bad what made because them of bad. they were bad because of who they tried to court they were bad because of the there were some they were philosophical also issues weak. they were weak yeah, but and, they were also just completely uh, like they would not call out things as actual aggression, which is libertarian. Uh, you should have yes. no problem doing that. You should have no problem doing it. They 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 couldn't have a good take on the Civil Rights Act, for example. They also couldn't. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing too. They 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 fed into the sort of um, what I think is a social ill, the sort of social justice idea of what defines things like racism, right? The, the the these the the sort of very um prog in not in a policy sense but in a like, philosophical like buying sense into ideas an, right like buying into this idea of intersectionality yes. where all these things yes. are, yeah that's yeah, that was yeah, like you, I, yeah because here's the thing it's antithetical to individualism and I think that's disqualifying mm-hmm. do you know what I mean yes I well yeah yeah I. I yeah, hundred percent. I, I think that um the I think that people took the wrong lesson from why they were bad. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like they were very like I, I if you go back, you know, a couple years and just like look for my interactions on Twitter with these people, uh I did not have nice things to say about them and I still don't. Um But I think that the reaction is also very unhealthy from a libertarian point of view that uh, there seems to be a sense in which there are people who are like, you are less of a libertarian if you're socially liberal, and that's just not true. Like, it's just not true. It's irrelevant. It's completely irrelevant. Like, your personal opinions, like, on other people, uh, in, like, a non-aggressive manner, have nothing to do whatsoever with libertarianism. So you can be a conservative uh, libertarian, you can be a, a socially liberal libertarian, uh, you know, you can be a devout Christian libertarian, you can be a Satanist libertarian. Uh, none of those things have anything, anything to do with actual uh, libertarian policy whatsoever. Right. 
Exactly. And now perhaps you as a person will prefer certain types of libertarians over others, right? Because they align with your, you know, with the um, other like peripheral values that you have outside of libertarianism. But yes. that doesn't mean that they are not liber- they are le- any less libertarian necessarily. The only time a person would be any less libertarian than another is if they deviated um from like libertarian um, ethics in some way in a policy proposal, then that's how we can judge if someone's less of a libertarian or not than another. Uh, it's not based on you know their um, social outlook or something like that. So I, I, I think you have to just hammer that home. Um, yes, I agree with you. I agree with you. It, it doesn't make a difference, not really. If from the again, we're talking about the Libertarian Party, right? These people are not right. allowed to be anarchists, not functionally, <laughs> right? Right. Like, and it's just, and here's the thing: some of them personally may be, but they're not allowed to be. In the same way mm-hmm. that, like Millet, right? Millet wants to, want, you know, is quote unquote calls himself an anarcho-capitalist, right? Rothbardian anarchist, but, but he's not allowed to be. He runs a country, right? You know what I mean? So it's like right. these these people can't have a a a perspective that's allowed to be entirely consistent, but at the same time, you can still deduce certain things from libertarian values for a like you said for, as a as a policy position. And whether or not uh, you fuck men is not really relevant to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but people are people are just going off about it, and it's all I fucking hear about. I I, I don't think anybody actually knows his policy positions. All they know is he's gay. That's all they know. And truthfully, if you're someone, if like there's people out there who would be like, I would never support Chase Oliver because of his socially liberal values, but instead I'm going to support an RFK who loves Israel uh, yes. and right. wants to take your guns. I think you're less of a libertarian oh, if yes. you have that. <laughs> yes, 100%. Absolutely. Um, okay. There's a there's a couple of updates we need to get to before we get to what I think is probably going to end yeah. up being a longer discussion. Um, yeah. Some updates on what's going on after the Jordan uh, drone strike killed three American service members. Um, just a couple of quick news updates of by Kyle Anzalone at antiwar.com. U.S. strikes in Iraq and Syria kill about 40, including civilians. Biden ordered over 100 bombs dropped on dozens of targets across Iranian-linked uh, across Iranian-linked targets in Iraq and Syria. No Iranians are reported to be among the dead. A massive U.S. bombing campaign struck scores of targets in Iraq and Syria with over 100 bombs, leaving about 40 people dead, including civilians. President Joe Biden ordered the strikes as tensions in the Middle East are rapidly escalating. On Friday, U.S. Central Command announced the mil- uh, uh, the quote military forces struck more than 85 targets with numerous aircraft to include long-range bombers flown from the United States. The airstrikes employed more than 125 precision munitions. Precision, yeah. (laughs) Um, How precision? You obviously killed civilians, so what does that mean? Um, Right, exactly. (laughs) On Saturday, Baghdad reported that 16 Iraqis, including civilians, were killed. The UK-based Syrian Observatory for Human Rights claimed that that the Syria strikes had killed 23 militia fighters. The Syrian Defense Ministry said militants and civilians were killed without providing a figure. Baghdad and Damascus issued statements blasting Washington over the strikes. Last week, three American soldiers were killed in Jordan near the Syrian border with a drone. Biden vowed to respond to the deaths of the American troops by hitting Iranian-linked targets in the Middle East. The White House did not seek congressional authorization for starting the war. Additionally, the White House admitted it could not directly link Tehran to the strike in Jordan. 
It does not appear that any Iranians were killed by U.S. forces on Friday. In a separate incident, one Iranian officer was reported uh, killed in Syria, likely by an Israeli airstrike that took place before the American attack. So, this is a complex issue because, number one, they can't prove that Iran actually helped with the attack that killed the three Americans. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's not just the... I mean, here's the thing. They can make the assumption, right? And I think it's probably a fair assumption that that at least it was done by a group that is somewhat supported by Iran in some sense, right? Fair assumption. However, (laughs) it could have also been fucking anybody. Right. And and we're in a situation, this is something Scott's been talking about, we're in a situation where if we were to make Syrians or Iraqis mad, we got people all over in that place. They could just turn around and start shooting our guys in the back if they wanted to. There's nothing stopping it. These are not people who are big fans of the United States or of the United States military. The United States still has all these people stationed in, in Syria hitting targets in, in supposedly they're fighting what's left of ISIL supposedly <laughs> so and here's the ISIL's not linked to Iran Iran doesn't support mm-hmm. ISIL mm-hmm. ISIL Sunni right Iran's coalition or Shia they, they don't support ISIL they don't like ISIL they don't want a Sunni caliphate next door so, so the, this this whole thing here. So here's the thing too: prove that it wasn't ISIL that did it, right? <laughs> like this is the this is and people. There was a uh, I can't remember who it was that uh, I think it was it might have been Jake Shields. You know this guy? Uh, oh he, yeah, I don't I don't think I like him much. Uh, no, yeah. he's fucking terrible. He's a he's like a like an MMA guy, but he has political takes. Yeah, um, he was like, so hold on a second. Iran hit us, and we start bombing in Iraq and Syria? And it's like, no, you (laughs) fucking moron. You absolute retard. No, that's not what's happening. Um, And by the way, why the fuck do you want war with Iran? Who the fuck wants war with Iran? Lindsey Graham. (laughs) Exactly. These, these fucking guys, uh, uh, all the people who had all this, there was a, actually a great, I recommend people listen to it. Matthew Ho was on um, uh, 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 Scott's show recently. And he talks about, like, they've had a hard-on for Iran forever. Since, like, 1979, people had, these, these politicians and shit have had a hard-on for going after Iran. And this is all just mm-hmm. following from that. That's You're all right. It it's, it's, yeah, I, I don't think for a second uh, that this is, even if we were to accept the standard idea of American foreign policy, where it's like, yeah, you know, if, if we get attacked, we have to just go in and, you know, carpet bomb. Yeah. Uh, even if I accepted that as legitimate, I don't think for a second any of these politicians who are like going, who are like, yes, we need to strike Iran, we need to strike Iran, are doing it because. Uh, they think that they committed some like atrocity against us, like a legit. Right. Like a, I don't think they're legitimately hurt. They're just looking for an excuse to like, oh yes, let's overthrow Iran. Oh no, they <laughs> don't care me. about those three servicemen who died. Yeah. No, no, they don't care about that. No, I say servicemen in no, a gender in a gender neutral sense before anybody gets pissed. Yes. Right, because um, I think two of them are women. But yeah, mm-hmm. they don't care about that. 
They don't care about that. They their their whole concern is: Can we get into a war with Iran? Can we get Iran fighting? And that's Netanyahu's whole concern too. By the way, the, the, Netanyahu wants the United States helping them against their enemies in yeah, in Jordan course. and against their enemies in Lebanon. That's what Netanyahu wants. He wants the U.S. in the middle of this thing. And it's it's, it's disgusting that, that Netanyahu. I think did we say on the last episode that Netanyahu sees the U.S. military as his personal mercenary force? Oh, I don't know if we did, but that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a hundred percent true. It's absolutely the case. And he he wants the U.S. involved in this. He wants the U.S. to be fighting Hezbollah. He wants the U.S. to be fighting Iran. Directly. He wants a wider war. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And these morons, especially the conservatives on the, in the fucking media and out there in the world talking about how we need to be going after Iran, playing right into this dude's hands. Oh, yeah. I, I don't even think they care that they're playing to his hands. You know, I, I think that they would see that as a badge of honor. It's like, oh, I get to be Israel's strongest soldier. <laughs> Hell Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Uh, I think you're right about that. Now, there was another thing that came out about, about, uh, about the Israel thing. Um, do you remember when the Grey Zone, and I think Mondo Weiss did this too, was talking about how all of the atrocity propaganda that had been coming out about October, October 7th was bullshit? That there absolutely were atrocities, but the, the idea of the, you know, the headed babies and mass rapes and all this other stuff didn't really happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. And everybody got all over fucking Grey Zone and, uh, about that and calling them conspiracy theorists and all this other stuff. Well, in Haaretz, death and donations did the Israeli volunteer group handling the dead of October 7th exploit its role the Zaka volunteer group began collecting bodies in the devastated communities of southern Israel immediately after the Hamas attack, while the IDF sidelined soldiers trained to retrieve remains. An investigation reveals cases of negligence, misinformation, and a fundraising campaign that used the dead as props. Um, <clears throat> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip a chunk of the story because it's not really... It's kind of written like a feature, so it's very, uh, it's, it's, it's very descriptive. but. Um, there had, they had, it starts with a story about they were, they had the, these corpses, they were set up as props and, and okay. A, a, approaching the group a little more closely revealed that three of the Zaka volunteers were making video calls and videos for fundraising purposes. According to the non Zaka observer, the body was part of a stage setting an exhibit designed to attract donors. Just when the race against time to gather and remove the bodies of victims of the massacre was most urgent quote. They opened a war room for, doma- for donations there, said another witness to the event, who has worked throughout the war in the Gaza border communities uh, attacked on October 7th. Quote, two weeks later, I saw them acting similarly in Bay Area as well, sitting and making videos and fundraising calls outside the kibbutz. Zaka responded to the description with a statement saying that, quote, no fundraising calls were made on the ground on behalf of the organization, and if any specific incident is brought to our attention, we will examine and deal with it. A Haaretz investigation raises several questions about procedures during the retrieval of bodies. It's based on the accounts of military personnel present at the body retrievals and the Shura military base, which, made, uh, which was made into a body identification center, as well as volunteers from Zaka and other rescue organizations who worked on the border communities. It's clear that hundreds of Zaka Jerusalem volunteers did, import, uh, did important work by collecting victims' bodies under challenging conditions. 
At the same time, some of the organization's activities, which on the eve of war was entangled in, uh, in debts of millions of shackles, were directed toward fundraising, public relations, media interviews, and tours for donors. Um, there is also... The reason that this matters is because the Zaka organization was uh, the source that, like, the New York Times used for mm -hmm. all of their atrocity porn. Mm -hmm. They were the source that, that was used, uh, that the Guardian used for all their atrocity porn. All the stuff that was, all the bullshit, you remember Biden repeating the bullshit lie about the 40-headed yeah. babies and all the babies and onions yeah. and, all, and, and onions and ovens and all this other shit? Mm -hmm. Like, that was... <laughs> that that was all from Zaka. Mm, okay. And this organization was outed, honestly, they were outed by Mondo Weiss in December for lying about shit like this. And they were outed in the gray zone as well. Mm. And this is one of the, this, it's, it, Horowitz is just now catching up to the the bullshit. Yeah, this is one of those things where it's like, on one hand, if you if a report comes out talking about like an atrocity, especially if it's if it's um, it could instigate some greater conflict, especially uh, there, there's this um, uncomfortable uh, like pull sometimes where it's like in, in one you're being pulled in two directions because in one direction you know you don't want to come off across as too dismissive because then it seems like you're just being you know you're hand waving away this atrocity if it actually did happen right, right. Uh, that's that's on one hand on the other hand you do have to be suspicious because these people are liars and when i say these people i'm talking about people who are politically motivated in having war and who uh, have specifically. a and this organization in particular has a vested interest in making shit as bad as it possibly could be, making shit sound as bad as it possibly could be. It's where their donations come from. Yes. Yeah. And mind you, just because and I also want to say, just because they lied, you have to be careful about this too. Just because they did lie doesn't mean that horrible things did not happen. You know, just because it wasn't as bad as people. Man. They yeah. absolutely murdered right. people, they absolutely brutalized people. That that's not right. exactly. that's not controversial. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? But exactly. But for like a person out there who's just like looking from the outside in, you do have to hold some amount of skepticism because obviously, I think you know, I I, I hope I hope people know about this. Or remember this? Uh, it's the babies and incubators thing, right? <laughs> I was like, about to make uh, that comparison. It's one hundred. Yeah, it's the it's, same thing. It's like, yeah, the army just rolled in, randomly went into, like, you know, a nursery and started ripping babies out of incubators and left them on the cold floor. Why did they do this? Because they're Mr. Evil Bad Guy. That's why they did this. Yeah. You know? Because they're uh, obviously part of the bad guy squad. Yeah, right. They, it says right on their lapel pins. It says <laughs> Mr. Bad Guy. Right? Yeah. Uh, you know, what military interest of this was theirs? No, not nothing. They just wanted, they just saw a nursery and they're like, yeah, let's go pull some babies out of incubators. Right. You know? Uh, now, I'm sure, uh, I, now I do want to say, I want to interrupt I, I, I do just wanna, real quick. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, there are people who are going to be saying you haven't talked about any of the things they lied about yet, and I'm getting there. I will get there in a minute. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Yes. No, no. I, I was. Gonna, I, I did want to reiterate though. I'm not saying that there there aren't people that do really bad things like that. I'm saying that because uh, obviously you know there's uh uh you know they uh, Hamas did murder people, right? That's not like a conspiracy theory. That's you know they no. did. They totally controversial. Totally uncontroversial. Uh, to say that. It's also, you have to be careful because it's also within the interest of the nation who was, you know, technically, like, geopolitically speaking, the victim of this attack, uh, to also heighten the amount uh, that they were victimized in order to uh, get a more emotional response. Not to say that the murders aren't emotional enough, but just the fact that they need to make it sound as gruesome as possible. Gotta make it worse. Uh, Gotta make it sound worse. Gotta make things up that sound terrible. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but please go on. Uh, yeah. Um. Farther down in the story, uh, under the head tales of imagination, quote, we saw a woman around 30. This is fucking brutal, by the way. We saw a woman around 30 years old, and she was lying on the floor in a large pu- uh, puddle of blood facing the ground, said a Zaka volunteer tearfully in an account posted on Zaka's social media. Quote, we turned her over in order to place her into the bag. She was pregnant, he added, and stopped to take a breath. Her stomach was swollen and the baby was still attached by the umbilical cord when it was stabbed. And she was shot in the back of the head. I don't know if she, if she suffered and saw her baby murdered or not. This horrific incident, which the Zaka volunteer alleged occurred in Bayeri, simply didn't happen. And was one of several stories that have been circulated without any basis. There was no evidence for this incident, and no one in the kibbutz has heard of this woman. A Zaka senior official admitted in a conversation with Haaretz that the organization knows the incident didn't occur. In another video, which features the same volunteer, he describes weeping how he found the burnt and mutilated bodies of 20 children in one of the kibbutzim. He told Haaretz that this was behind the dining hall in Kafar Aza, while in the other instance he said it was in Be'eri. However, the children who were killed in Kafar Aza uh, are Yiftach, Kutz, 14, and his brother, Yontan, uh, 16. Ten children were killed in Be'eri, but at least some, and at some, I'm sorry, but at least some were known to have been with a parent and were killed in their homes. The organization has been accused of spreading false information before. In December 2022, ARS reported that Zaka had inflated its stated number of volunteers for years in order to receive more funding. In response to a request for comment, Zaka said, quote, collaboration between Zaka and emergency agencies helps uh, I'm sorry, takes place in usual times and in emergencies based on the coordination of expectations and early planning. Zaka volunteers operate in close and full coordination with the responsible bodies in the field. Collaboration is not a conflict of interest, but a joint effort. Zaka is a voluntary organization funded by donations, and the war has led Zaka to have massive expenditures for equipment and supplies, the organization continued. The presence of Zaka personnel on the front lines provided an opportunity for the public to be shown the organization's activities, which are also carried out during non-emergency times privately. So. They lied about specific instances. Specific dead people they lied about. And they're known to have lied about it, and they know they lied about it. These people are not trustworthy. No. These lies are a fundraising effort. I'm sorry, continue. Yeah, no, they are. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it says something that they think that I, 
they don't think that the murders alone will be enough, that they have to, like, you know, make it sound really, really, really bad, you know. Uh, which, I mean, it already is. That's my point I'm making, is that it's already yes. really, really bad. Why do you need to add the seasoning, you know? Yeah. Well, like, it's, it's it's very much reminiscent of the, the portrayals of, of Germans and Japanese during World War II in the United States. Oh, yes. Right. All the stuff that was said about what the what the Japanese were doing and what the Germans were doing and stuff. Now the Japanese in China were doing horrible, awful things, but right, and, and that's the point, right? Is that it's like, yeah, you know, think about like Unit Seven Thirty One stuff like that. Yeah, all that's true. Like the 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 horror stories of certain like you know Japanese like uh, military officials and and you know just military units in general did absolute atrocities. Uh, but of course, this was used as propaganda to smear all Japanese people at the time in order to, of course, you know, make people sleep better at night when they realize that uh, the United States firebombed groups of civilians uh, in their homes, burnt them alive. But it's okay because Unit 731, you know, or all these atrocities that they were doing in, like, China and and everything like that. So if you can Uh, make it appear, if you can make it appear that the things that Hamas was doing were worse than they actually are, which is totally, (laughs) by the way, to your point, totally unnecessary, they're murdering people. Kidnapping people, yeah. killing right, people. Doing that. Uh, this, yeah. this, this, you don't need to make this worse. It's already bad. Yeah. Um, but but they they have to make it seem inhumanly bad in order right. to in order to justify this idea of of well, frankly, ethnic cleansing that the government and 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 people involved in the government have been talking about wanting to do now since October seventh. Like you, right. you, you have to, you have to blow it out of proportion in order to make it to justify that kind of response. Because, it's like, not to. Oh, sorry, I'm just no, sorry, no, go, go for it, go for it. I, I was just gonna say, I, you know, not to like paint. Well, I, I'm gonna paint a little graphic picture here, but for for example, um, the, like. And this sounds like unsettling to hear, but it's one of those things where it's like, I think for most people, and this is not to say, I I, I want to be very, very, very clear here. I am not at all trying to like um, dilute uh, like the horror of people seeing their loved ones killed. Right. That that is like an absolute unspeakable atrocity. Uh, But I think that there's a certain level in the human psyche that can at least understand a one human murdering another. Human right? human beings killing each other is something that human beings get. Yes, and that doesn't mean that the response is not unjustified just because they get it psychologically and they can wrap their head around it, at least to some extent. Right. Uh, that obviously doesn't mean that they're not emotionally justified in, like, freaking out. Um, but there's something, when you can make it sound like, there's a certain spectrum where if you can make it sound like this person we're dealing with is not just a murderer, but a psychopath serial killer that hangs people from their intestines, or something like that, you know? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is another level of depravity that, uh just like will make people kind of break and not to say that just normal murders won't, but it's an extra level on top of it. Yeah. Right. You can, um, yeah. Well, it's yeah. propaganda. It's it, atrocity it, propaganda. It's designed to make people, right. it's designed to make the enemy look worse than they are. Right. Which and I think is unnecessary. Totally unnecessary. They're not bad enough. And it's designed yeah, it's to not like make other flag. people ain't more angry at them than they might be otherwise. Right. Yeah, yeah. 
But that was an interesting report out of uh, Reds. This was, I mean, the Gray Zone and Mondo Weiss have been called all kinds of things by several outlets, New York Times included, The Guardian. Um, outlets have been saying that the Gray Zone and is, uh, is conspiracy theory and all this other shit. Gray Zone was on this before anyone else was. Or well, maybe, maybe at about the same time as Mondo Weiss. I can't remember now. But Gray Zone was already on this. Mm-hmm. And Haaretz is just catching up to them. And I haven't seen an yeah. apology, by the way, from the New York Times for what they said about the Gray Zone. <laughs> I haven't seen that shit yet. And I'm not holding my breath. But, yeah. This, this, is the, this is the kind of thing that you cannot... <sighs> this is designed... Rather, it is used as. I think it's primarily a fundraising thing. I don't even think Zaka's all that concerned about the political angle. I think they're concerned oh, about sure. the fundraising. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. But these stories are used by people who are arguing in favor of what's happening in Gaza right now. Right. These arguments are used by people to say, well, whatever happens to the Gazans, they deserve it because... This woman had the baby attached by the umbilical cord and all this other stuff. No, it's bullshit. It didn't happen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so the, the I, I, it's the, the, the concept that outrage, if you're outraged enough, you can justify anything. Mm-hmm. And it, that's what's being weaponized by people making those arguments. If I can right, make you outraged enough. I'm sorry, continue. Yeah. No, I was just saying, we've made this point before, but it's the very same idea that, you know, the very same people who believe that, uh, you know, and uh, some horrible atrocity was committed against them, uh, them in a general, uh, you know, national yes. sense, I guess. Um, and therefore that justifies any type of response they can muster. Uh, wholeheartedly believe that. At the same time, they believe blowback is not real. <laughs> right. Well, this is something that yeah. was already sort of sort of being said. Apparently, Hamas is sort of reforming in the north. Mm. And this is while Israel's bombing in Rafah and they're bombing in the south. And, and Hamas is, is sort of coming back in the north. And one of the things that, that I can't remember who it was that said it. But um, one of the things that I heard about that was, uh, well, it, it makes sense because a lot of the civilians that have been hiding and, 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 and a lot of the civilians that have been um, sort of uh, off, you know, trying not to die, they're coming back now and they're, and they're fighters now. So there's, there's oh, that's actively, not at all. Oh, no, not at all. It makes perfect sense. So you have a bunch of people, yeah. you're, you're wiping out entire bloodlines, bringing down, bringing down apartment buildings. If you remember... Uh, and I, I want to direct people to the episode, but I can't remember what the name of it was, the, where we talked about power targets and, and mm-hmm. sort of the, the bombing strategy that Israel employs. It's to kill civilians and to bring down civilian infrastructure. That's the purpose. Yeah. That is the absolute purpose it, of it. And so, I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, I, I just wanted to say that, see, like, no matter how much Israel tries to, like, off put the blame on, you know, Hamas, well, it's, you know, all this would end if you just, you know, uh, gave up our, uh, you know, our hostages. It's like, no matter how much they can try to tell themselves this, that will never, 
ever change the fact that if you drop a bomb and kill someone's family, the chances of them dedicating their lives, especially when they already live in not great economic situations, the chance of them dedicating their lives to taking revenge on you are very high. Oh, yes. And that's just a human instinct that every single person should be able to understand rationally. Um, uh, You know, that sense of... uh, and I, honestly, you know, I, from Israel's perspective, I think that's probably not a bad thing for them. The I think that they they need the enemy. They it's need the an enemy. And right? they need if you to don't have the enemy. And they then, need to uh, radicalize the population of Gaza so that it ends up being that they're right. They need to radicalize right, exactly. the yes. entire population of Gaza. That's they're creating a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. Yes, they need to radicalize the entire population of Gaza. They know they're not all radical. They know they're not all Hamas. They need to make mm-hmm. them all Hamas because then they can actually justify an ethnic cleansing in the region. Right. Then they can actually justify right. a genocide. Because if they're all Hamas, well, then we're just, it's just war now. Right. Because the next, you know, the next time there's a terrorist attack from Hamas, uh, uh, then they'll say, oh, well, look, see, we keep getting attacked. We keep getting attacked, and we, we've been pushed to our, you know, uh, they're going to try to say, well, we're, we have our backs in the corner, so we're, nev- we're left with no choice but to just glass the entire area. Yeah. Right? When, when uh, they're, and when they go to conduct another poll in five years, and Israel, yeah. Gaza's been, the, the northern half of Gaza belongs to Israel now. When, when they have, <laughs> when they have, when they go in to conduct another poll in five years, and it turns out 80% of the civilians there support Hamas 90% right. well yeah yeah because you just killed everyone's daddy you just killed everyone's kid yeah it turns out uh, when you kill someone's family and then you have another group saying we will you will be the vehicle for your vengeance uh, in uh, or for justice or whatever uh, in retaliating against this it turns out those people are actually probably going to support them yeah it's like yeah okay i can't personally unless i you know go up and just join them uh the idea that um you know i myself am probably not going to do anything but this other group will do it for me hell yeah yeah you know well i mean <laughs> of course they're going to support them Hey, you know that organization that dropped a bar- an apartment building on your entire family? Yeah, we'll take care of him for you. I support that guy. I support that guy with that promise. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no, there's no, there, there's, it's, it's no surprise. And so they, they have to radicalize the whole population. I think that's part of the purpose of it. I think blowback is, rather than being denied, it's the goal. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah, right. So there has been a a little bit of drama in the sort of uh, currently still living but old guy libertarian philosophers that people that people still respect and listen to. Um, guys yeah, like Hoppe, is, uh, right? yeah, yeah. Um, uh, this is pretty big, you know. Uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where. Uh, you know, uh, you often, at least I've haven't been alive for like, you know, uh, your, your philosophers, like having a big friendship breakup at, uh, at the end of their lives, you know, <laughs> I haven't been alive for that. like this is like my Camus and Sartre, right? <laughs> sort of thing. Um, friendship with Camus ended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, um. There is been a big kerfuffle between 
Hans Hermann Hoppe and Walter Block. Um, so much to the point that Hoppe wrote an article essentially excommunicating him as a friend and out of the libertarian movement. Yes. Um, excommunicating Walter Block. Um, now, I, I've, I read this article, um, and I agree with most of what Hoppe says in here, um, to be honest. Um, I, so for the, I'll, I'll give a little before I'm going to read some of this. I'm going to paraphrase a, a bunch, but I'm going to like, there's some portions of this article that I think are like actually very important and I'm going to um, read some of that. Um, but the main disagreement is Walter Block's opinions on Israel, the Israel Palestine conflict. And truthfully, I was, I've been out of the loop for a while here. I did not know how bad Walter Block's comments and takes on this were. Um, until I read this article, actually, because I've just been completely out of the loop. So, uh, yeah, that's that's always disappointing to see. Uh-huh. Um, I'm someone where I've had um, uh, I've gone back and forth with Walter Block, or not? I mean, not per. Well, I mean, I, I was I, I was on one podcast with him ever, but I, besides for that, I, I was um, I, I haven't corresponded with him, but I've gone back and forth on whether I agree with him a lot or I disagree with him a lot, right? So I, I, on one hand, it's like I do have, like, I don't have a huge amount of disagreements with him, but the disagreements I do have are quite large. Um, but I do, I do appreciate a large body of his work, right? Uh, and it's really disappointing to see that he essentially uh, has taken a really, really, really bad uh, turn here and justified some things that are very unlibertarian. Uh, so I just wanted to give that little preface here. Well, and, um, and to your point on, on liking uh, uh, some of Block's work, or a lot of Block's work, so does, mm-hmm. so does Hoppe. Um, Hoppe right. says, yeah. I believe it's in the third graph here, uh, to his, uh, Block, to his credit, has published countless articles that pass muster by libertarian standards, and there are likely many more to come. So it's, yeah. it's not like Hoppe is saying that Block is... Um, that everything Block has ever written is definitively unlibertarian. That's not the claim. Right. Oh, yes, yes. A hundred percent, yeah. Um, um, I, I do think that some people... I, this is going to be it's sort of like, I think, an unfortunate side effect um, that some people are going to use this to sort of discredit all of Block's work. Um, this sort of thing, but you know that's that's not the topic of the article, and that's not what Hoppe is said trying to do here. So I do want to be clear. Um, um, but yes, yeah. If you, if we want, if you want, we can get into it. I'll. Uh, yes, absolutely. I'll, um, For uh, uh, okay, I guess the the first thing I'll just ask I'll just ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Um, what is Hoppe's? I have not read this article. I saw that this event okay. occurred, but I have not read the yeah. article. What is Hoppe's thesis here? What is he? What is he saying? Yeah, so Hoppe's thesis here is essentially that uh, Walter is making arguments here uh, for the justification of Israel's uh, sort of uh, property claim here um, or um, in regards to like that they have a legitimate claim to the land. Mm-hmm. And Hoppe is showing that the arguments proposed by uh, Walter Block are actually extremely unlibertarian and lead to extremely genocidal um uh, conclusions yes uh, truthfully um and that's sort of the the main uh like crux of his entire argument it focuses on this property claim that walter is proposing in favor of israel that the um, state of israel has a property claim well so I, I okay so i've never read uh the book that he is so i guess walter block helped 
uh, write a book with a few others. And it's like, I think it's, well, let me see the exact title. I think it's the classic liberal case for Israel or something like that. Um, um, <laughs> okay, okay, hold on. I have, I'm clicking the link. Sorry. Um, Okay, it gave me a 403 error code. I'm not clicking the link. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, oh, now I lost the piece. Damn it. Hold on. Sorry. I, I, I'm floundering here. I lost the... I have to uh, reload the page. Um, yeah, let me see. Uh, oh, is, is the Jewish Libertarian block site? Is it? I don't know. I don't... I mean, he might have wrote for it. I don't think it's his site, though. Because it's been privated. Oh, really? Yeah. The okay. whole site's been privated. That's why yeah. it returned to 403. Yeah. And apparently, so uh, Bloch's writing together with Alan Fuderman and uh, Rafi Faber on the classical liberal, respectively libertarian case for Israel, uh, endorsed by Benjamin Netanyahu. Uh, so that is, <laughs> that's, uh, it's not a great, not a great start. Um, uh, so, uh, oh, anyway, so um, this is something, this is kind of where I wanted to start, which is where I'm going to start reading from Hoppe here. Um, uh, the cornerstone of libertarian doctrine is the idea and institution of private property. Property, whether in land or anything else, is lawfully and justly acquired either by means of original appropriation of previously unknown resources, i.e. homesteading, or else by means of voluntary property transfer from a prior uh, to some later owner. All property is always and invariably the property of some specific identifiable, uh, identifiable individual or individuals. Now, that point uh, I'll touch on later is actually kind of uh, funny coming from Hoppe, but I'll touch on that later. Uh, it's not <laughs> I know where you're going um, with that. <laughs> um, and all property transfers and exchanges take place between specific individuals and uh, and concern specified identifiable objects. Uh, in reverse, all claims to property by a person who had neither homesteaded nor previously produced such property nor acquired it through voluntary transfer from some previous owners are unlawful and unjust. Um, okay, so that is his main point here. That's the setup, right? And that's standard libertarian theory. There's nothing yes. objectionable or wrong with what Hoppe just said here. It's hundred percent correct. Um, yeah. Um, for the potential problem of restitution or compensation, Hoppe, this is Hoppe continuing. Uh, for the potential problem of restitution or compensation, this implies in every case of conflicting property claims brought to trial for judgment, the presumption is always in favor of the current possessor of the resource under consideration, and the burden of proof to the contrary is always on the opponent of the current state of affairs and current possessions. Uh, that is also true. That is, uh, I think, completely unobjectionable. Yes. Um, Hoppe continues, the opponent must demonstrate that he, contrary to the prima facie appearance, has a better claim uh, because he has an older title to some specified uh, piece of property than its current owner, or and whose ownership is hence unlawful. If and only if an opponent can successfully demonstrate that uh, can can successfully demonstrate this must be the uh, must well I, I messed I sorry I, my my thing scrolled and I messed up I'll reread that if and only if an opponent can successfully demonstrate this must be the questionable possession be restored as property to him on the other hand if the opponent fails to make this case uh, matters stated as they were right so it, it, he's just saying that if the burden of if you cannot make the burden of proof that 
um, uh, you have the better claim, then things stay as they are. Because obviously yes. the burden of proof is, is a foundational piece of justice in general. In the, you cannot. Yeah, yeah. In, in law, this would be a, a rebuttable presumption. There would be a re, there's a rebuttable presumption yeah. that the person uh, who is in possession has a, has the claim and you can rebut right. that with evidence of a better or higher claim. Right, but if you can't, then uh, you know you don't have you do not have a claim to take it. Yes, if you have no you, such you, evidence, then you have no such claim. Yeah, um, he, Hoppe continues. It is not in question that a considerable number of cases exist where lawful compensation or restitution is owed, where person A can demonstrate that he is the lawful owner of some specified piece of property currently in possession and wrongfully claimed as his own by another person. B. It is also not in question that there exist some cases in which a current property owner can trace back the title to some of his uh, present holdings for many generations. But it should also be obvious that for most people and most present holdings, uh, any such backtracing from present to past ends up lost in history very quickly and, in any case, gets increasingly more difficult and murky with time, leaving little, if any, room for any present-day uh, reparation demands for ancient times, right? So this is just like, um, Rothbard talks about this uh, as well, uh, in I, I believe Ethics of Liberty, where um, it's like, yeah, um, you know, it's not to, like... From a libertarian point of view, there's no statute of limitations to justice, but there are practical limitations, yes. uh, practical statute of limitations to justice from yes. a libertarian perspective. Uh, you know, it, sometimes it's the fact that if no tie, it could be true that someone was wronged and someone was stolen from, like, or their ancestors were stolen from. But if they can't actually show, show it, then on the side of justice, we have to remain on the side of the possessor uh, sure. if, if we cannot. Uh, and it's not it's otherwise. not just that either you also have the idea that i mean take for example um the idea of abandonment right mm-hmm. you you right, have this right. idea where if you have or uh even the idea of uh of uh oh what's the term i've, I've lost the term already like uh, you uh, adverse or? i'm sorry adverse possession oh the okay, the, yes, yes. the idea of of adverse possession that that you that you have begun using a piece of property assuming maybe even that you thought it was unowned or whatever but you have begun using this piece of property and for some amount of time no one's cared and the actual owner of the property <laughs> hasn't stopped you and like everyone pretty much everybody agrees that there's some point at which it's like okay well it's yours now um just what that point is, is um, difficult to set like a firm line on. And just like I think everybody pretty much agrees that at some point it's just like, yeah, but we can't, we can't do anything about something that happened a thousand years right. ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But where that break point I, is, is just hard to draw a firm line. Right. It's like, you know, if you ask a random person, it's like, when does orange become red? It's like, uh, you know, they might not have a, a clear, obviously correct answer, but we, right. could, we both know that they, they would reasonably know that there's a distinction between orange and red, right, uh, somewhere. Right. <laughs> they, they might not know, be able to pick the exact moment it becomes red, it goes from orange to red, but yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so... Uh, Again, like libertarianism as a, a theory of justice is not opposed uh, on principle to uh, 
individual reparation claims. Not there, there, there's no justified collective reparation claims, but individual reparation claims in the past, it does allow for. But again, there are practical limitation problems with this, as Hoppe is pointing out here. Uh, right. That, uh, and uh, I'll continue on. And by the he, way, he I, I want to, I want to specify yeah, when you yeah. say individual reparations claims, you mean between individuals. Yes, so between, it's not. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. not even to say that, like, if an individual can show he was wronged by someone related to another individual or another individual's ancestor, then they have a claim against that person. That's not. That's not saying that. Well, it's saying that. Well, I mean, I mean, in a in a in a categorical sense, I'm I'm saying that the you have to have a claim against the person who has wronged you, or. In in the case of ownership of land, the person who's currently on the land. I think um, so. I uh, I, I think this, I'm going to push back a little bit on that because I, um, this can get real dicey. Um, because when I make this case, I know people's first instinct is going to think, "Well, I'm you know I'm in favor of punishing people for the sins of the father, or I'm invoking a sure. sins of the father claim." Right? And uh, I, I want to be clear that from a libertarian perspective, this is not what I'm doing. Um, the case I'd make is like, let's say, uh, let's say Dean, you stole my bicycle, right? Um, yes. And then let's say I, I still legitimately own the bike, right? Even yes. though you stole it, I still have the proper You're the title. only person with legitimate so title. Yeah. So let's say, you know, my imaginary kids, I write in my will that they have the right. I'm passing down the title of that bike. If it should ever be recovered. Yeah, right. No, I, I agree. My, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Right. But then you give it to your kids. You give the bike to your kids. Um, they weren't the ones who actually stole the bike originally. No. But from a libertarian perspective, my descendants would still have the claim or, uh, you know, a particular descendant of mine would still have a claim against your descendants, even though they were not the ones who originally did it. Yes. The fact is that they are still aggressing. I'll be unintentionally because maybe they don't know that the bike's stolen, but they are still technically aggressing because they are withholding justified property from someone else. So that's just an amount. I'm just creating a hypothetical scenario where it, that could be the case where people who were not originally wronged from the original point can yes. still be. Yes. No, I, I, I didn't mean to imply that what, what I'm, what I'm trying okay. to say yeah. doesn't apply I, I is wanted, yeah. um, no, you're right. Because I, I, I was being confusing in the way that I said things. Um, what I was trying to say is that you don't have a claim against a class. So like you're correct. Yeah, you don't have a claim against a group of people right. <laughs> specifically. Right. You have so a claim against a the... lot of individual. You have a claim against a lot of individual people, but not as a group. Right. Right. Just because they are part of a given group. And this is the, the yes. reason I bring that up in particular is because of the idea of just like uh, reparations for like slavery and stuff. Well, it's like you, you don't have a right. claim against against any of these people. You, you, yeah, it's it's right. just taxation and redistribution. There's no there's no legitimate claim. Yeah. You don't have any claim of title to their property. But but you're right. you're 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 correct to point out and to clarify because I was very unclear. Um, no, it, if yeah. you have legitimate a legitimate claim of title and there's a conflict in title between you and another person or even a set of people who claim to own a thing, that is still an individual cause of action. That's not a that is not being done by oh, yes. on a class basis. 
Right, exactly. Yeah, so, like, uh, what Hoppus are getting to, and I'll, I'll get to in a second, is that, uh, you know, just as you said, right, there can't, you can't have, like, a, a class of people, specifically, like, an arbitrary, like, grouping of them as, uh, as, you know, some type of, as if they, that grouping harmed you. It's like, an individual, individual people who may be part of this group that we arbitrarily define, uh, that, they may have harmed you, but that's not the same, like, like, if a bunch of, you know, uh, I don't know, Italians just, like, beat us up or something just you know it wouldn't mean that the italian people owe me uh some reverations here it just means that those specific people who happen to be italian wronged me and owe me owe me restitution so yeah you cannot have a justifiable claim against a class just as you said uh and that's the point hop is making right he's he's just saying that yeah that is just a that's a collectivist methodology and libertarianism uh, does not permit that that in its uh, methodology for figuring out who is an aggressor you just cannot start from that premise um sorry um i'll continue on yeah keep going oh oh, no sorry i I, yeah uh let's see um i let me uh okay Oh yeah, so he. Could, I'll read the last sentence so it makes sense. Uh, it, yeah, so it gets more difficult and more murky, leaving little any room uh, for any present day reparation demands for ancient times. Uh, uh, and he continues on. How about two thousand year old crimes? Is there any one living person to be found today who can claim lawful ownership of some specific piece of property, land, jewelry, uh, etc., that is and has been for a couple of thousand years in possessions of others? Uh, by demonstrating his own prior claim to these possessions through proof of an uninterrupted chain of property title transfers going from him and today back all the way to some specific ancestor living at biblical times and unlawfully victimized at the time. Uh, This is not inconceivable, of course, but I very much doubt that any such case can be found. I would want to see it before I believe it. And that is a, I mean, that's a good point, right? You like, like, you can't just say that, you know, it's not enough just to say that, like, for example, right? um, We know that Native Americans who were living here were wronged by the United States government and, sure. uh, you know, and you know, corporations and all that, right? Uh, that for sure happened. Uh, we know this. In a legal sense, though, if, we're, if we want to be extremely prudent, we can't just say, it, I, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but legally it wouldn't be enough just to say we know this happened. Therefore, I, we now can go and legally kick everyone out of their homes. So you have to show, you actually have to show it. You, you know, you have to show your well, you work have to in, show in terms of how you least, were. At the very least, you would have to have very, very solid proof that whatever land you're trying to expropriate from the people who are there now actually mm-hmm. does. That particular parcel, that particular mm-hmm. yeah. land actually does belong to a particular person who was taken right. from it or whose ancestors were taken from it. And that's near impossible to do. And especially right, in the exactly. case, you know, and there's a little bit of this too, where it's like in the case of native Americans in particular, um, they had territories, right. But there wasn't like parcelization of land the way we think of it. Um, right. in, in all cases, yeah. so these are different cultures, right? So some of them did have stronger territorial or, or property sort of boundaries than we think of some yeah. others, but in a broad right. sense, uh, that's that would be near like they had territories, but but many of them were nomadic within those territories. Yes, like and there's no like, and there's no deed of land to point to, 
I mean, you can. And yeah, and I want to be clear. I, I do want to be clear. Just because, um, just because, like, they were nomadic, and, and I'm just like saying this because I don't want to be misunderstood. I, that doesn't mean that they did not have a like any property claims under a Lockean theory of property. No, no, no. Um, uh, like a nomad did. peoples can even have. If, even yeah. yeah, they just often abandoned it sometimes, but that doesn't mean that you know. Often the 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 injustice against like the American Indians is that they were kicked off land that they were currently possessing. Yes, right. Uh, <laughs> Um, even under a Lockean but, theory, but, it was it was they were they were removed yeah. from their homesteads. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Hoppe continues, uh, and yet Block uh, uh, in in his attempt uh, of presenting the liberal, respectively libertarian case for Israel, maintained that. Uh, he can justify the claim of present day Jews to a homeland in Palestine based or in, in uh, Palestine based on their status as heirs of Jews. So this is the claim Block is making, supposedly. Mm-hmm. And he, he does quote him. It's not like, you know, Hoppe is misinter- misrepresenting him. He, cl- he quotes him later. But um, that, that is the case Hoppe, or, uh, Walter Block is making that essentially being heirs of Jews. Uh, somehow gives them some type of property claim to yes. it, uh, having lived two millennia ago. And he continues, uh, uh, as their status of heirs of Jews living, having lived two millennia ago in the region then called Judea. Not surprisingly, however, except for the single and in itself highly questionable case uh, of the uh, Kohanim, Kohanim, uh, Jews of priest, Kohanim, Kohanim, thank you, Mm -hmm. Jews of priestly descent and their specific connection to the Temple Mount, they do not provide a shred of evidence how in the world anyone specific uh, how any one specific present-day Jew through a time span of more than 2,000 years can be connected to any one uh, specific ancient Jew and be established as a legitimate heir of some specific piece of property stolen or otherwise taken from him 2,000 years ago. Uh, also a correct point from a libertarian yes. perspective. Yes, and, uh, and, and applicable to, as we were talking about with the Native Americans, it's like you have to have a particular person with a particular claim to a yeah. particular parcel. And that's that's just, it, you can't, it just doesn't exist. <laughs> like, outside of maybe some, some, some very outside cases, there's, there's yeah. you can't make the, you can't just expropriate land from people and say, that's because the, right. you know, just, I mean, my people in Oklahoma, the Seminoles, that's because the Seminoles lived there. Well, I mean, which mm-hmm. one, though? <laughs> right. <laughs> um... <clears throat> The claim of present-day Jews to to a homeland in Palestine, then, can only be made if you abandon the methodological individualism underlying and characteristic of all libertarian thought. And I'm really glad Hoppe pointed that out, because that is something I think... Uh, you know, it's like the thing with uh, uh, peace. So that's a, like so, sort of like the unspoken heart of libertarianism, really, of libertarian methodology. Because it goes back to actually what I was saying before, where I was saying like, well, if I just define aggression, if I you know say aggression is wrong, it's wrong to commit aggression against people, Dean. But I just define aggression. I don't define, or sorry, I define anyone under six foot as not a person. Right. Well, yeah, sure. I, I can still have my definition of aggression that sounds the same as yours. But the problem is, I I have not started from a methodological individual point yes. to cre- reach that conclusion. Um, so I, I'm really glad Hoppe actually points this out. Um, 
he continues, the notion of individual personhood, of private property, private product and accomplishment, private crime and private guilt. Instead, you must adopt some form of collectivism that allows for such notions as groups or tribal property and property rights and collective responsibility and collective guilt. Uh, that last sentence, there's also some irony I'm going to get to later, but I'm yes. going to ignore that for now. Uh, <laughs> um this turn from an individualistic uh, to a collectivistic perspective uh, is on clear display in Bloch's uh, summary conclusion. Um, oh, so this is where he starts quoting. Um, this is where he starts quoting Bloch. Um, Rothbard supports uh, Rothbard supports homesteading as a legitimate means of ownership. The first homesteader gets land, not any subsequent one. Uh, libertarians deduce from this fact that stolen property must be returned to its original owners or their heirs. This is the case for reparations. Uh, well, the Romans stole land from the Jews around two millennia ago, and the Jews never gave this land to the Arabs or anyone else. Thus, according to libertarian libertarian theory, this should be returned to the Jews. Um, this is a quote from Walter Block. Uh, this is extremely sloppy. Like the, I, oh, I yeah. am like like this is. Uh, it's really bad. It's embar- Like it's honestly really embarrassing that he's it's making really this bad. argument. It also doesn't. It also doesn't address. Um, it also it doesn't which address Jews, which Romans, yes, which Arabs, which ones, which ones in particular, and it also doesn't address as we were talking about earlier the idea of adverse possession, where it's just like right you you but you left it alone even after you had mm-hmm. the opportunity to not do that you still left it alone mm-hmm. so what what, what is what, what i mean outside of the fact that we can't find any individualized parcel owned by any individualized person who was you know ex- that from whom it was expropriated outside of the fact that you can't identify all that you still have the problem of abandonment yeah exactly um so that was that was what Wal- that was a quote from Walter Block uh, in what Hoppe's critique. This is now Hoppe. Uh, I like how Hoppe starts the sentence. He just says uh, "bingo." Uh, uh, <laughs> I hear it in his voice. Uh, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, bingo. But homesteading is done by some specific Ben or Nate, not by quote the Jews end quote. And likewise, reparations for crimes committed against Ben or Nate are owned are owed to some specific David or Masha uh, as their heir, not to quote unquote the Jews. And they concern some specific pieces of property, not all of Israel uh, quote unquote. Uh, unable to find any present David or Masha uh, that can be identified as ancient Ben or Nate's heir to some specific, uh, some specified piece of property. However, all reparation claims directed against any current owner are without any base. Uh, again, yeah, just absolutely correct. Yeah. Um, another property theory is needed still to make the case for a Jewish homeland, and Bloch and his co-authors offer such a theory. Property rights and reparation claims can allegedly also be justified uh, by genetic and cultural similarity. Uh, Ancient Jews and present-day Jews are genetically and culturally related, and hence present-day Jews are entitled to the property stolen from ancient Jews. 
and the expulsion of hundreds of thousands of Palestinian Arabs immediately before and in the aftermath of founding the state of Israel in 1948, then, is not a crime, but simply a repossession of what legitimately belongs and has belonged for two millennia to the Jews. Yet this theory is not only obviously incompatible with libertarianism, it is also plain absurd. Just consider... Jews lived for hundreds, uh, um, lived for hundreds of years in Egypt, and when they finally really reached their "quote unquote" promised land, this was by no means empty. According to Deuteronomy and uh, Joshua, quite a bit of killing, pillaging, and raping had to be done before taking over the land. Ancient Jews were not just homesteaders; they were also perpetrators, and there had been uh, ar- there had already been plenty of ethnic mixing with other people of other tribes, with Egyptians, Greeks, and all sorts of other people around the Mediterranean long before the Romans arrived and took over. And this genetic mixture, later also with Arabs, continued up until present day. Any genetic linking of present-day Jews to ancient Jews, then, becomes an impossible task. There are contemporary Jews that show no genetic traces to ancient Jews, and there are plenty of Gentiles who do so, show such traces. And in any case, the, the genetic similarities to be found between the ancient and the present Jews will be one of countless variations and degrees. How to decide, then, of who, uh, how to decide, then, who of the contemporaries is entitled to what part or portion of the Holy Land? Uh, interestingly, it appears the closest genetic similarity to ancient Jews could be found among indigenous Christian Palestinians. That is an interesting point, actually. And that, <laughs> that is, is a, a very uh, interesting point. <laughs> yes, it is, it is, it's it? well taken. Actual Semitic peoples, yeah. actual Semitic peoples, yeah, which includes Palestinians. <laughs> yes, not not European Jews would have the 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 closest genetic link to the Jews of Israel. Of course, yeah, of course, right. <laughs> Moreover, what if this fanciful new theory of property acquisition and inheritance via genetic similarity were generalized to all tribes and ethnicities? There are countless cases of expropriations and expulsions of one group or tribe by another in human history, of victims and of perpetrators involving non-Jews as well as uh, Latter-day Jews. How about every group of present descendants of some historical victim group demanding the restitution of assets currently held by members of another group or tribe on the account of the fact that such assets had been stolen from one's ethnic forebears sometime way back in history, whether by the group of present owners or any other group? The result would be legal chaos, uh, interminable strife, and conflict and war. Uh, which is true. <laughs> There's no way, there'd be no way to resolve that, uh, that dilemma. Um, oh yes, that that was me speaking on lessons, not Hopper. No, that's um, absolutely correct. The, the, the and it's and it's the same sort of point. I should have just let Hoppe make the point. It's the same point I was making earlier, where it's like you don't have a claim against a class uh, just because right. of the way that just because of you know they are part of the class. Yeah. Um, he goes on, if this collectivistic nonsense is not enough to disqualify Bloch as a libertarian, the following exhibit, demonstrating its monstrous consequences, should remove even the slightest remaining doubt that he is anything but a libertarian, a Rothbardian, or a sweet and nice person. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> that is... Uh, <laughs> Oof. Jesus. Uh, yeah. Friendship with Walter uh, Bloch over. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah yeah wow 
Uh, exhibit two. Uh, this is a recent editorial by Block, again co-authored by Fruiterman. Originally, most prominently published, although behind a paywall. <laughs> okay, put behind a parentheses behind a paywall uh, by one of the most established papers, the Wall Street Journal. Uh, what a surprise! He puts in another parenthesis, uh, and subsequently easily accessibly reprinted, uh, and and subsequently easily accessibly reprinted. Uh, oh God, I can't speak. Reprinted on Block's own newsletter. Words in a row. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Subsequently, uh, easily, accessibly. <laughs> yeah, and then... <laughs> uh, accessibly reprinted on Block's own newsletter on October 12, 2023. It is, t- it is titled, The Moral Duty to Destroy Hamas. Israel is entitled to do whatever it takes to uproot this evil depraved culture that resides next to it. Jeez. Uh, Holy shit. That is, uh, yeah. And, and, and Hoppe continues, as the title indicates, it is this screed of his, then, that reveals Block as an unhinged, bloodthirsty monster (laughs) rather than a libertarian committed to the non-aggression principle as the second complementary foundational pillar of libertarian doctrine. Jeez, that is. I mean, I don't think Hop is wrong, but just seeing this happen, oh, just reading man. this, is like brutal. It's, it's uh, really brutal. Hop is upset, yeah. and this is, by yeah. the way, um, people who think Hoppe doesn't support the non-aggression principle, coping and seething. Um, uh-huh, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's really a monarchist. Obviously, the non-aggression principle is for Lulberts, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Um. Subjects here are, um, uh, wait, where did I, okay, yeah, 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 that's so, uh, yeah, subject here are the events of October 7th, 2023, its aftermath and consequences. Um, on that day, members of the, uh, of the so-called Hamas running the Gaza Strip attacked and maimed and killed and kidnapped a large number of Israeli soldiers and civilians, uh, in parentheses, as is to be expected in any type of war. Uh, both warring parties are presently wi- um, widely different stories. Oh, both warring parties are presenting widely different stories concerning the actual events and numbers. What has become clear so far is only that the number of casualties runs in the several, several hundreds to low 1,000s, and that a considerable portion of such casualties were actually the results of friendly fire per helicopter by the Israeli Defense Forces. Um, what is <laughs> Not the, just helicopters, what, but tanks. <laughs> what is a libertarian supposed to make of this event? First, he must recognize that both Hamas and the State of Israel are gangs financed and funded by not, not by voluntary membership contributions, but by extortion, taxation, confiscation, and expropriation. Hamas does so in Gaza with people living in Gaza, and the State of Israel does it with the people living in Israel, as well as the Palestinians living in the West Bank. Gaza is a tiny, poor, and densely populated territory, and Hamas is accordingly a small, low-budget gang with only some ragtag army and little and mostly low-grade weaponry. Israel is a much larger, significantly more prosperous, and less densely populated territory, Uh, and the state of Israel subsidized long-lastingly and heavily by the world's mightiest and wealthiest of all gangs, the United States of America. 
uh, is a big and high-budget gang with some large, well-trained professional army equipped with the most sophisticated and destructive weaponry available, including atomic bombs. Um, um, the older of these two fighting gangs is the State of Israel. Israel established itself only recently in 1948 by mostly European Jews of the Zionist persuasion, and by means of intimidation, terrorism, war, and conquest directed against the then-present and for many centuries before, mostly Arab residents of the region of Palestine. And it was also by means by means of intimidation, terrorism, war, and conquest then, that the explicitly Jewish state of Israel was successfully expanded to its present size. Hundreds of thousands of Arabs were uprooted, expropriated, and expelled from their homes, and turned into refugees as a result. And a large number of these victims, uh, um, or their direct heirs, are still in possession of valid title to the land or other properties now in possession of the state of Israel um, and its Jewish citizens. At best, only a meager 7% of the Israeli territory was regularly acquired or purchased by Jews before 1948 and could thus be claimed as legitimate Jewish property. Um... Hamas, on the other hand, is one of several Arab resistance movements, parties, and gangs formed in reaction to the Israel-Jewish uh, takeover and occupation of Palestine. Founded originally in 1987 and since 2006 in control of the Gaza Strip, which was and still is subject uh, to a rigorous land, air, and sea blockade by Israel, and hence frequently referred to by knowledgeable observers as an open-air concentration camp. Hamas is committed to the reconstruction of the lost territories, including by means of violence and acts of terror such as on October 7th, explicitly directed not against Jews qua Jews, but uh, specifically against Zionists. It it actually received funding also from Israel in its beginnings, uh, which is also <laughs> true, in order to build it up as a counterweight to the oh, growing I influence. This. I love that he's yeah. going into this. Yeah. Yeah, in order to build it up as a counterweight to the growing influence of the larger, more moderate, and better-funded secular underground resistance group, the Fatah, and its PLO leadership in exile in Tunisia. Uh, as Fatah, the PLO and the PLO were put in charge of some parts of the Western Bank in Gaza as a part of the peace process that started in uh, 1993. Um, the more militant and Islamic fundamentalist Hamas, relative... Uh, uh, Intransigence. Intransigence. Wow. I could, I, I'm dyslexic a little bit, so I, I literally could not read that word. <laughs> no, Intransigence became a useful tool, tool for the increasingly influential extremist Israeli factions, which sought to derail the peace process and succeed in doing so by increasing their building of Jewish settlements that split up the West Bank into non-contiguous open-air prisons controlled uh, by Israel, rendering a, uh, a Palestinian state essentially impossible. Uh, there's been speculation as to the motive for this seemingly strange Israeli uh, decision of lending support to Moss. Uh, quite, po- uh, quite plausibly, because of the events of such as those of October 7th, cannon are in- indeed currently being used by Israel, uh, by Israel as a dramatic proof and public demonstration of its long-held contention that there can never be any two-state solution to the Israeli-Palestinian problem, and Israel, for the sake of regional peace, must still be further expanded and restored as the one single state 
to its alleged original biblical size. I love this whole part by Hoppe. Yeah, here. I absolutely love that he included this, just as you were saying, uh, because it's it's like yeah, no, they want they obviously funded this group of people as because of, as we were saying before, they need an enemy. They need to show that oh, obviously, look at these bad people. We're obviously yep. correct. They're bad guys. Yep. We're good guys. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm, uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm. It's, it's cool that too that he brought up the the situation in the West Bank. That it's that it's these different non contiguous zones. Like that's what that's what we had talked about on an earlier episode when we were talking about what's happening in the West Bank of the cover of the Gaza War. We uh, it was um, we had explained that that people think of the West Bank as a single landmass, but the Palestinian right. zones in the West Bank are these little splotches, like like leopard print that are that are in the west bank and and israel quote-unquote controls everything in between yeah yeah no it, it i i'm very very happy he made that point um he continues in any case then before this background how is a libertarian to react and evaluate the uh events of uh, october 7th first off he would want to wish pox on the leadership of both gangs and on all gang uh, leaderships, uh, leaders of foreign states that have lent and continue to lend support to either of the two foreign gangs uh, with stolen <laughs> funds from their own subject population. As well, he would acknowledge that the Hamas attack on Israel was no more totally unprovoked than the Russian attack a little while ago on the Ukraine. Uh, he calls it the Ukraine. Is, is the Ooh. Ukraine. I was gonna. I was gonna just say that he calls it the Ukraine. Oh boy. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, um, uh, oh, very spicy. That's a little. Uh, yeah, it's a little controversial. Yeah. Uh, the attack on uh, Israel was definitely provoked by the conduct of its own political leadership, much like the Russian attack on the Ukraine had been provoked <laughs> by the leadership of the Ukraine. Uh, and he would not fail to note also then both cases, uh, that of Israel as well as that of the U- the Ukraine. He's used it like five times uh, in this I, one I paragraph. I don't know why he keeps doing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that of Israel as well as that of the Ukraine, their uh, provocations had been encouraged, backed up, and supported by uh, big time by the predominantly Jewish neocon gang leadership in charge of the U.S. government. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, oh, man. Uh, apart from this, there is little a libertarian can do except raise his voice in favor of peace, talks, negotiation, and diplomacy. The Hamas leadership should be accused for having brought about, through its uh, terrorist actions, the danger of some massive retaliation by a military far superior and more powerful enemy gang, the State of Israel. And the Israeli leadership should be blamed for having failed blamely in protecting its own population, owing to its apparently uh, severely deficient surveillance agencies. The leadership of both gangs should be encouraged and indeed pressured through public opinion to agree to an immediate truce. And at once, negotiations concerning the return of the hostages held by Hamas should be started. And as for the identification, capture, and punishment of various individual perpetrators and their uh, superior commanders... In, in in parentheses, including incidentally also those responsible for the Israeli victims of friendly fire. This should uh, be left to regular police work to detectives, headhunters, and possibly assassins. Um, <laughs> <laughs> God, he's so good. <laughs> 
Oh man. Look, uh, look, I disagree <laughs> with Hoppa in places I do. But yeah. man is he good on shit like this, dude. <laughs> uh what must be avoided, however, in any case, and at all costs, is an escalation to the armed conflict through a massive retaliatory strike by the Israeli military against the Hamas housing, uh, against um, the Hamas housing, and hiding out in Gaza. This even more so because Israel, with some 10 million inhabitants, including a minority of some 2 million Arabs, is surrounded exclusively by some less than friendly or even openly hostile neighboring states. Uh, um, with a total population counting in the hundreds of millions, and any escalation of the conflict between Israel and Hamas may well expand and degenerate into an all-out war, engulfing the entire region of the Near and Middle e- Middle East. Um, but this is precisely what Bloch and, and, and the, his co-authors are demanding, uh, based on their collectivist uh, collectivistic theory of inheritance presented in Exhibit One and the alleged historical right of quote and quote the Jews to a homeland in Palestine uh, derived from this theory. Bloch, in response to the events of October seventh, advocates an all-out attack by Israel on the Hamas hiding out in Gaza. And, and, and while we do know that, it, uh, and while we do not know if Netanyahu has read Bloch's piece in the Wall Street Journal, Israel, under his leadership, has exactly done what Bloch has been asking for. Oof, that is, uh, yeah, that is damning. Um, leaving Bloch's sketchy, characteristically one-sided remarks on the history of modern Israel and the region aside. Which could have more directly come, which could have come directly from the Israeli Ministry of Propaganda, uh, <laughs> and that shows completely oblivious to the genocidal impulses openly expressed by several leading military military members of the mighty Israeli military and government, all while making the much hay out of a um, out of reciprocal uh, sentiments on the side of the comparatively speaking almost powerless Hamas leadership. This, in its own words, are Bloch's demands. Um, so, in this next point, in this next section, um, the, I, he's quoting Bloch, but he's interjecting in parentheses. Hop is interjecting in parentheses with his own like response within the middle of, um, of Bloch's quote. So, I'll point that out when um, um, when I get to it. Um, um, this is this is from Bloch. Uh, his quote. I'll, I'll tell you when Hoppe. I'll tell everyone when Hoppe interjects. Uh, this is from Bloch. Quote: The West needs to understand that to defend human life and dignity, it isn't enough to claim to side with Israel. It needs to understand what this means: total and unre- total unrestricted support. Jeez, holy shit! <laughs> Wow, and that's me. Oh, by the way, that's 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 me saying that. Jesus, Walter. Yeah. Okay. Now this is Hoppe interjecting. Uh, does such support also include taxes forcibly taken by the various gang leaders in charge of Western states from their own population? Um. Uh. And, and then Hoppe can. Er, er, sorry, Walter Block continues. That is nothing less. Um, wait, that is nothing less than allowing this uh, um, beleaguered country to defend itself fully, to recognize that Hamas needs to be destroyed for the same reason and by the same method that the Nazis were. Uh, oh, oh boy, okay. Yeah. Uh, this is... And, uh, I, I, ugh. I get mm. it. I understand why is angry. <laughs> yeah. And now this is Hoppe again interjecting. Does Nazi 
referred to all Germans living within Germany at the time, including all non-Nazis, Nazi opponents, and all German babies and children? Does the method of their destruction include the carpet bombing of entire cities such as Dresden, filled with mostly innocent civilians? Uh, <laughs> and that's the end of his interjection. And then uh, Walter Block continues, Israel is entitled to do whatever it takes to uproot this evil residing next to it. Uh, oh boy, this is uh, yeah. Uh, man, if you had told me that just like uh, BB had wrote this or something, uh, oh yeah, know? oh one hundred percent, dude. This is this is Likudnik talking points, yeah, from top to bottom. Like this is yeah, hundred yeah. percent, yeah. Okay, uh, Hoppe interjects again. How about Israeli Jews opposed to the war? Silence them too. Uh, whatever it takes, uh, and that's the end of his interjection. Uh, Block continues, and more and more important. That once it begins to proceed in that direction, it won't be demonized for defending that which is at the core of Western civilization. Wal- who are you, Walter Block, right now? Like, I, I'm, I'm, this is me. I'm a Zionist. Like, oh, what? He's a Zionist. Like, yeah, no, no, like, uh, I, I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, Hoppe interjects again. Uh, does this core also include the sort of apartheid practice in Israel? Uh, <laughs> Hoppe just has these little, like, just skating little interjections. Uh, but anyway, uh, Walter Block continues. In which its enemies hate the most, the love of everyone's right to human life, dignity, and happiness. Oh, you, I, the, oh my God. Oh, my God. He's doing the they hate us for our freedom yes. thing. Yes. Well, but Walter Block is doing the they hate us for our freedom. Yes. They hate the oh. They hate us because the women drive cars. Oh my god. Okay. Okay, I need to compose myself. I'm getting kind of... I've already read this too, mind you. I'm reading it again as uh, uh, re-triggering things for me. Um, <laughs> Walter Block continues, quote, in other words, it needs to support a complete, total, and decisive Israeli victory. If this implies an overwhelming, unprecedented use of military force, so be it. Hamas is and will be responsible for any civilian casualties. Okay, I have to stop for a second. I have to stop. I have to stop. Um, Um, Yeah, this this is... Yeah, this is just one. It's just completely unlibertarian for one. Yes. Like I like here's the thing. I don't know how many people have ever read Walter Block. Walter Block prides himself on being like a libertarian's libertarian, like uh, pure like King Autismo libertarian. Right. Yes. Um, And, you know, when he's like when he does that, I highly respect it. I think it. it, it, uh, But this is just like. I'm shocked this is Walter Block. And look, I disagree with Walter Block on a lot of things. He thinks you can sell yourself into slavery. I don't think that's permittable. But besides, you know, uh, there's things I really disagree with him on. But this is like a, an insane uh, this is, this thing is another that I level. can't imagine him. Yeah, this is a complete other level, really. Um, uh, and it's a rejection of libertarian norms. It is. Hoppe's right. It is. It completely is. No, it completely is. Um... Uh, I'll reread that first part again. Uh, in other words, it needs to support a complete, total, and decisive Israeli victory. If this implies an overwhelming and unprecedented use of military force, so be it. Hamas is and will be responsible for any civilian casualties, cause and effect. They created their own destruction and its consequences. Okay, Hoppe interjects. Um, so... There is no need whatsoever to distinguish between members of Hamas and inhabitants of Gaza generally. 
they all, including all the babies and children, are indiscriminately guilty, part of a depraved culture, and a collective evil that must be rooted out once and for all? How about dropping an atomic bomb on Gaza, then, as the U.S. did about 80 years ago on the civilian population of Hiroshima and Nagasaki as collective punishment for the crimes committed by the Japanese government gang? Again, Hoppe comes in with the steel chair from the top rope. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, it's like... absolutely, absolutely. Oh my God, okay. uh, this, this yeah. How about yeah? I no, mean, no, he's no, right. No. Why don't you just glass it? Yeah, if that's if that's true, then just nuke him. Yeah, right. If what he's saying is yeah, there's no reason not. I mean, I mean, I implicitly, I think that's what Walter is saying because he said any use of military force. I mean, it's it, yeah. and he also specifically <laughs> says in, in oh, my God, it's broken my brain in specific. He says that any amount of civilian casualties is acceptable and the fault of Hamas. That's what Block says. Yes. And so yes, that, is, that is his own words. Those are his own words. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the, the, not any amount of civilian casualties. I don't think he said that. But he said any any civilian uh, casualties that do occur would be Hamas's fault, which tells which me the same thing. that any amount is fine. There's no limit. Yeah. There's right, no upper yeah, bound exactly. on that. So, so, right. th- so Hop is 100% correct. Yeah, just nuke it. Yeah. Why do you care? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Walter Block con- continues. Uh, quote, mere victory isn't enough. Israel has won every war it ever fought. This time, <clears throat> excuse me, this time, the triumph must be so thorough and conclusive that there will never be any other war for this country. Hoppe interjects, haven't we heard this before? The war to end all wars? <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, so and this is back to Block again. Israel has a moral right to finish the job. I am, like, perplexed. I, I cannot believe these words are coming out of Walter Block's mouth. Or yeah, I'm taste typing them, you know, but you, you know what I mean. Like, this is just preposterous. <laughs> I, uh, it's it's really sad. Um, Israel has a moral right. This is Block again. Israel has a moral right to finish the job, and, and the West has a moral duty to support it. This is not even libertarian, for one. Like, there's, like, no. like, can't, like uh, but behind, like, the obviousness of, like, um, you know, uh, the absurdity of, like, you know, not discriminating between actual aggressors and just civilians and calling for collective punishment. Um, the idea that Israel itself has a, a right or the West has a moral duty is just preposterous. Yeah. Like, this is just collectivist nonsense garbage. Yeah. Uh, yes. And that's the thing. That's, uh, uh, that's, that's the problem with it at base, is that it's a rejection of libertarian norms about individualism and and who actually has rights and responsibilities and 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 moral duties oh it gets worse uh block continues uh let israel do whatever it must to finish the war in the fastest way possible and then he says with minimum casualties and military casualties on side uh so (laughs) before he was saying that you know minimum civilian and military casualties on its side Oh, on its side. Oh, wait, I, you're right. I was going to say that. I, I was being too generous. Thank yes, you, dude. you thought, you I was thought about Block to be might too have gener- actually tried to be a good guy for like a hot second. On its side. Okay, yeah, so he doesn't care about the civilians in the He doesn't all. fucking care. Or the bad gods, I mean. So, so, yeah, okay, so that sentence does mean just nuke it. That's what I'm getting that's from it. it. That's 100% what it means. This is exactly the kind of, of 
conversation that was had by uh, military commanders who were in favor of nuking at the end of World War II. That is, this is exactly the conversation that was had there. We have to end it fast, yeah, well, we don't and wanna, who cares how right, many people it, die? Yeah, we, don't, we just don't want our troops to die, so we're, we're right. okay with killing all these Japanese civilians. But yeah, we, yeah. Jesus. Oh my god. <laughs> um... Oh boy. Okay. Uh, and, and Hoppe interjects, how considerate and totally meaningless, even shameful, after everything said to the contrary before the irrelevance of civilian casualties. I, I think even Hoppe's giving him. E- yes, even uh, Hoppe. I think Hoppe misread that. I think yeah, Hoppe misread so that. I, I, think think Hoppe, Hoppe, I think Hoppe read it how I did first. And first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is block uh the consequences of this lie on the group that initiated the causal sequence the one that must be completely destroyed in hamas okay but this is not true right uh just because uh from a libertarian perspective just because like i for example if i go at out or if like the person a goes out and pr- punches person b but person a the initial aggressor runs back into their house uh or something you can't then just like light their house on fire when there are innocent yeah, like people with their in family inside. Yeah, Western. yeah, and just say, well, it was they. They started. They hit me first, right? So I obviously uh, all those uh, dead people who got burned alive when I set that house on fire. Really, that's the fault of the person who punched me. It's like no, it's not. <laughs> Absolutely insane. But but here's the thing. Uh-huh. Um, the next paragraph is wait. Oh, wait, let me... Okay, hold on. Hoppe's next paragraph is... The the paragraph immediately... Because that's the last quote. But Hoppe's next paragraph is just... Oh, Oh, yes, okay, okay. Yeah, I found it. Sorry, I scrolled up by accident. Okay, and this is Hoppe. Whatever these outpourings of blocks are, they have nothing whatsoever to do with libertarianism. In fact, to advocate for the indiscriminate slaughter of innocents is the total and complete negation of libertarianism and the non-aggression principle. The Murray Rothbard I knew would have immediately called them out as unhinged, monstrous, and uh, unconscionable, and sickening, and publicly ridiculed, denounced, and quote-unquote unfriended, and excommunicated block as a Rothbardian. Damn. That is... Unfriended. I I love the unfriended. (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna unfriend. Do you, th- do you think like uh, Hoppe unfriended Walter on Facebook? It's <laughs> fucking blocked and reported. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh my god! I like angry Hoppe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. In and this is Hoppe continuing. Indeed, unfortunately, with his Wall Street Journal piece. Block has made a contribution to the horrors actually following the events of October 7th and still unfolding. The near-complete destruction of Gaza and its reduction to little more than some huge pile of rubble and a vast field of ruins, slaughter of tens of thousands of innocent civilians by the Israeli military, and the continuing widening of the armed conflict, including by now also Lebanon and Yemen, and of the Israeli leadership itching uh, egged on in this endeavor by the neocon uh, compatriots uh, in the U.S., um, to further include as a target for the destruction also the the Iran. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as, as Israel's alleged dead, uh, deadly archenemy. Um, incidentally, Block 
uh, Block's supplementary reason given for this uh, categorical uh, quote, we must stand, uh, we must all stand with Israel, unquote, position, Israel, Israeli government leadership and all, is also faulty and implies a betrayal of the non-aggression principle. Essentially, it boils down to this. The Jews in Israel have made uh, more and better use of the territory under their control than Arabs made, or uh, are currently making with the territories controlled by them. And hence, the Jews have a better claim to it, to some territory in dispute than Arabs do. This reasoning is actually quite popular. However, uh, even if the first part of the statement is accepted as true, the second part does not follow from it. Otherwise, every man of proven success would be permitted to take the property of any long-proven loser, uh, which can hardly <laughs> be uh, reconciled with the libertarian non-aggression principle. Even losers have a right to, even quote-unquote losers have a right to life, property, and the pursuit of happiness. Th- yeah, I, what, like that, <laughs> like... Uh, that uh, is, I, I mean, here's the thing, ahead. though. Again, yeah. internet hoppy and cope and seethe. Like, that's that is nothing you would hear from you know these hoppians who don't n- read hoppa. Um, that mm-hmm. that is nothing that they would agree with. Yeah, and that you know idea. What's, do you know what's, yeah, exactly. And you know what's funny? Do you know what is is crazy to me? I remember when when I was a libertarian. So when I when I first started like becoming a libertarian, I absorbed so much like libertarian. Uh, content, whether it be through books or like uh, online media, I remember watching like obscure Walter Block videos that had like twenty four views. Oh on, yeah, you know, just say anything I could to like, uh, you know, intake as much as I could. I remember Walter Block making the case a long time ago, uh, and he was making the case against uh, an, uh, a legal and economic uh, theory developed by um, uh, Ronald Coase. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but. Um, uh, Coase was essentially like had this idea that you know if you have a like let's say I think Walter Block used the example of a pen and he was like you know uh, who should this pen be owned by well the libertarian says the first appropriator of the pen or the person who like voluntarily acquired it for from some other person right that's the owner in libertarian standards mm-hmm. but Coase believed that uh, whoever could make better use of the pen would should be the owner yes uh, essentially uh that was that's Coase's position uh from what i understand and um and now hop uh, or block seems to be making this this argument in favor of uh the um um uh like jews owning uh owning it as opposed to uh arabs essentially yeah um, well many people have made that argument do you do, do you remember i mean there were there were arguments that were being well, had on twitter where people were saying like well what uh, so why shouldn't the the israelis take gaza because the 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 gazans haven't done anything with it this was also this uh um, I don't actually. I, I he may have. This may be later in the pay, in the piece. Actually, I, I'm not sure. But uh, this is also very Randian and Rand. Ayn Rand un, like had a very unfortunate misstep where she sort of like bought into this line of reasoning, right? Uh-huh. Where she, um, she kind of thought that you know this, her whole thing was like technology is obviously you know a, a sign of the greatness of man and i agree with that i, I agree that you know that is a, you know uh that is a sign of man's achievement technology um but she also sort of used that in a way to mean that uh she thought like native americans and specifically she also thought this uh in regards to like uh i think she believed this in, in regards to palestinians as well don't quote me i know i i know for sure about the uh um 
uh, Native American one. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure she said this about Palestinians, but I don't have the source in front of me. Uh, but her, that was also her belief that essentially that uh, these people are essentially just, you know, uh, like living on dirt, not improving yes. it. Uh, whereas you have the more industrial technological civilization actually improving things for everyone. So that was, that's kind of where how she kind of well, it's a very utilitarian because, argument. Which, and it goes against some of her like more principled priors too. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a deviation from her own philosophy, really. Um, um, sorry, I lost where I was. Uh, uh, after pursuit of happiness, if that is not. Oh, oh yes, thank you. Yes. Um, uh, and Saba, uh, if that is not already more than enough to forever disqualify and discredit Block as a libertarian, she manages to top it off in some short final exhibit that reveals him as a man without sense of measure and proportion. <laughs> uh, exhibit three. This concerns Block's reply to a short piece by Kevin Duffy, contrasting a passage taken from Rothbard's For a New Liberty, a libertarian manifesto, with a passage from the just-quoted screed of Block's in the Wall Street Journal, uh, and concluding that both are obviously incompatible and impossible to reconcile. Block's response can be found here, and he links it. Obviously, um, oh wait, uh, there we go. Remarkably, in his reply, he does not even try to prove further or provide further reason for his advocacy of total unrestricted war. Uh, not surprisingly, as that would mean trying to defend what is absolutely, truly, and genuinely <laughs> indefensible. Okay, that jab is very funny. That's a very funny jab because if you. Uh, uh, if you don't know, Walter Block wrote uh, a book defending the uh, undefendable, uh, yep. and that is a really funny uh, jab by um, by, jab by Okay, yeah, yeah. He, that is yes, and that's the that's the work that Block is kind of famous for defending the undefendable. Yes, and it's great. I, I, I oh, I'm going to talk about that actually a little bit later. I, I think it's it, it's I think all libertarians should read it. Um, instead, and this is Hoppe, Instead, he evades the direct challenge and then quickly digresses into some entirely different and unrelated subject matter. Libertarians are not pacifists, and indeed, Rothbard, as Block excusingly notes, was not opposed to all war. Conspicuously, Block then fails to say that the wars Rothbard considered possibly or potentially justified had nothing whatsoever in common with the sort of war actually proposed by him. Um, what Rothbard had in mind was defense of violence used by secessionist movements against some central occupying powers trying to prevent them uh, by means of war from leaving, i.e. something obviously worlds apart from the total war advocated by Bloch. Yet, in stating that Rothbard does, quote-unquote, does not oppose all war, period, unquote, uh, Bloch tries to create the deceptive impression that this that his deviation from Rothbard then is merely a minor one, only a matter of degree. Various deviations from Rothbard he then continues, uh, or wait, sorry, I misread that. Various deviations from Rothbard, he then continues, have been suggested or proposed before by other authors. And he cites and links to this effect, uh, to this effect, several contributions of his own, of Joseph Salerno, of Peter Klein, and also of myself, and notes that none of these have led to the exclusion of any of them uh, as, the, as Austro-Libertarians, nor would Rothbard himself have excluded them as such on the account of these writings. Indeed, Rothbard embraces or embraced some of these deviations, such as mine, for instance, uh, and he uh, may well have seriously considered others. 
such then block claims uh should he that he should also be able to appropriate uh should wait I, i'm sorry i i i got lost there um such then block claims should also be the appropriate reaction to his dv his deviationist uh position on the quote-unquote war question and such also he believes he would have been rothbard's uh, oh sorry i don't know why i'm like really bad at reading this last section but it's, it's <laughs> i don't know man I, uh, it's well no, no, text uh hoppa loves long sentences with a ton of commas and comma splices and yeah it's just it can be difficult <laughs> yeah, it, to read fine. no it, it, it's fine I, I when i read for too long i start getting like really really like the dyslexia really kicks in for me mm-hmm. <laughs> um block claims should also be the appropriation to his deviationist position on the quote-unquote work question and such also he believes would have been rothbard's personal reaction upon reading his wall street journal piece uh grotesque <laughs> if anything this assessment of blocks only indicates that he has lost any sense of measure and proportion none of the other de- quote-unquote deviationists writings mentioned by him in comparison to and as an excuse and justification for his own deviationist position on the war question is or can be interpreted by any stretch of the imagination as a break with the reunification or renunciation of the fundamental principles of the austro-libertarian intellectual edifice but his call for total and unrestricted war and the indiscriminate slaughter of civilians is actually the complete and unhinged uh, or un- uninhibited. Re- I don't know. Uh, see, there's the dyslexic kicking yeah. in. <laughs> the complete and uninhibited rejection and renunciation of the non-aggression principle that constitutes one of the very cornerstones of the Rothbardian system. To believe that Rothbard would have given serious consideration to his Wall Street Journal piece is simply ridiculous and only indicates that Bloch's understanding of Rothbard is not nearly as good as he himself fancies it to be. The Rothbard I knew would have denounced the piece in no uncertain terms as monstrous and considered it an unforgivable aberration and disgrace. End of article. Yes. Holy shit. Yes. Yep. Papa is 100% right. Yes. In all of this. Yep. I... Again, I have been out of the loop of, like, you know, most things, but also, like, especially, like, libertarian drama. I did not know Walter Block's opinions on this were that bad. I didn't know they like, were bad I at all. Know. I didn't, I didn't, I, I, yeah. I don't follow Walter Block particularly closely, so I had no mm-hmm. idea that I, his, that he was this bad. I have heard from some people that he was kind of, like, uh soft on israel to put it uh, a little uh lightly yeah but, uh, <laughs> yeah to put it lightly <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god um yeah dude that is that is just wild i um, am i i am just i honestly it's really sad because walter block is one of these guys who has i don't think hop is wrong to say that this is a guy who should be excommunicated for this I don't, I don't think, uh, look, I know there's yeah, people I, who are just like, whoa, you libertarian purity bullshit, yada, yada, yada. I get it. But this yeah. is a failure of judgment that is yeah. so I, outrageous. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I don't think it's wrong to like 
excommunicate him in the sense that like we don't want to have anything to do with you. No one takes no one takes positions. him seriously as a libertarian anymore. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Is like, like I do just I do think yeah I do think the whole like excommunication public thing like talking about excommunication is a little uh oh it's cringe. I, I get it. It's a li- yeah it's a little cringe. It's like oh yeah. <laughs> You know, but but I, I think the sentiment is correct. Yeah, right. You know in what the, I mean. In the sense um, that, like that, like this is not a person who should be considered a, a serious libertarian thinker, at least moving forward. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like, there, there's no, there is no reason at all that yeah. this should be that this guy should be taken seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I just think I just think that's fair. I think I think everything that Hoppe yeah. said here was fair and and accurate i agree i agree i yeah oh i i did okay i do have one little tiny thing uh that i wanted to point out um when Hoppe was talking about like how property must be owned by individual or individual specifically it can't just be some group uh property claim uh I can't help but point out the irony yes. that one of Hoppe's main contributions to libertarian theory is the net taxpayer argument that the net taxpayers as a group own public property. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, it yeah. is a it's um, I'm, I'm sure it's just, would... I, I don't mean to make it about that, but it, it's yes. one of those things where it's. It, it, I couldn't help but find the irony in it. Yeah. I'm sure he would, um, he would draw a distinction between what he's saying here I'm and sure what he, he said there, but it's, it's, I'm it's, sure I agree with you. I think it's hilarious because I think next, no. net, the net taxpayer argument is not a good argument, yeah. but, um, yeah, yeah th- that is, that, that is when you first mentioned that, when you first in the, in at the top of the article, uh-huh. when you were first mentioning like, that's ironic. Like, yeah, it, re- it really is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, that's all I had though for uh, for everything. So, I I, I uh, can't stand. I hate. I hate this Walter Block. This Walter Block piece. This idea that like it is horrible. It is genuinely disgusting. And like, I think you're like right. That, I, yeah. I think you're right. Above when um when he says, "Let Israel do whatever it must." This is from Block. Let Israel do whatever it must to finish this war in the fastest way possible with the minimum civilian and military casualties on its side. I on think, yeah, I think you, I think you and Hoppe both misread that at first. Yeah, we we let Walter off too easily. <laughs> like, um. All right, yeah, but that's that's all I had. All right, that is that's I like that letter. I I, I like Angry Hoppe. Angry Hoppe's fun. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, especially that, imagining it in his accent. It's uh. Yeah. Oh yeah, I only hear it in his voice. <laughs> Oh, it's great. Um, but that's a that's a good piece. I'll link that piece in the notes actually because yep. that is it is a really good piece. And um, it is. Yeah. There were a few things in here too where it's again the, the Hoppas on the internet or Hoppians on the internet who don't read Hoppa talking about how he doesn't think the non-aggression principle is any good and talking about how uh, you know his position on stuff mm-hmm. miss miss. Uh, misconstruing his position on things almost as if they're doing so on purpose. Um, yeah, this is actually a good piece for that too. Cause he talks about like the non-aggression yeah. principles, the second pillar of libertarianism. What are you talking about? Like, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Um, well, if that was it, do you have anything to plug? Nope. I'm good. All right. Uh, pacing Joska on Twitter, J O U S K A. Also, uh, Pacing Joska on Blue Sky, Pacing Joska on Blue Sky dot social, social. Um, the show, T E T C dot show on Blue Sky and at T E T C show 
on Twitter. Um, that's that's all we've got. Thanks so much for listening, Later, guys. Have a good one. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of The End Times Continue. For links and other information, come see us at TETC.show. Oh,